Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys for being back with us here it is monday november 1st 2021 here for episode 245 we're gonna romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Morata, joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy doody november already man it's a november to remember it, it is we don't even we don't even know if anything is even happening yet in November, but it's going to be to remember. And we hope you remember uh, to enjoy the show, folks. We thank you for being with us. Thank you for remembering to be with us here as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. We have some great topics in store for you, we think. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter. You can remember to do that. Yeah, Twitter.com. Yeah, Twitter.com is a website, and you can follow us there at OVP Podcast. Lately, we've been doing daily gifts, which is, you know, it's somewhere in between, Quinn. It's a happy medium where right. the um, the government is okay with it. You know, it's between a, a still picture and a video. It's halfway there. It's medium, like you said. Yeah. Happy medium. Anyway, you can follow us there on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to at OVPpodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPpodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to actually talk to you and me and well over 1,200 Retro wrestling fanatics, where can they do that? Over at Facebook.com slash legal. It's a very legal website. <laughs> it is. Facebook. For now. Yeah. Facebook, very legal <laughs> website. Anyway, over at this legal site, they have a search bar. To, and you type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kafloey. You hit the group, join group you're in. Yeah. And all you're doing when you agree to this legal website is agreeing to one rule. One rule only, which is don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And which is a very legal term. It is. It's, it's legally. It's, yeah. it's it's definitely um, in the Constitution, dunderhead. And it's Germanic, that yes. word, we believe. But I think, yeah. <laughs> anyway, all linguistics aside, you can join the group. And all we mean by don't be a dunderhead, all we're saying here is, look, you come to our group. You want to talk about old wrestling. You can talk about old WWF, WCW, NWA, the territories, whatever you like, right? And you can disagree. Of course, people disagree. What we want you to do is not be an asshole. Right. Yep. Just be nice to each other about it. Meaning no personal attacks. Mm -hmm. Don't do anything illegal. I've heard that. Yeah, that's exactly. not what you're supposed to do over there. Just be nice. And you can do that on Facebook. It is a fun time. If you have a Facebook, join it and see. If you don't like it, just leave the group. That's okay, too. You just hit that leave Yeah, button. hit the leave button. Yeah. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> It does. So give that a shot. Customize it. Get out of here. Get out of like, here. Have it say something else. Get out of here. Also, if you want to give this a try, it is a new month now uh, on Patreon. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That's where you can get the extra stuff that we offer. We have two separate shows that we do the 84 Canon, which comes out weekly on Fridays, and the pay per view reviews every single month. Uh, right now, still out for October is Royal Rumble 94. But coming up this weekend, Quinn. The one we've all been waiting for, 10 years in the making, WrestleMania 10. They've been building up to it. Yep. Ever since WrestleMania 1, they've been thinking about this show. <laughs> exactly, and planning the card and everything. Yeah. But I got a little tip for you here. It's a new month, right? It's November 1st. If you want to try it out for this month, why don't you just go ahead, and if you don't like it for November, 
cancel it before December 1st. Yeah, and then you don't have to remember it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's November to remember. You just dismember your Patreon in December. Yeah, there you go. And an extra, I'll even throw this one out there. Wait, there's more. If you want a sample of, you want a free month, shoot us a DM over on Twitter at OVP Podcast or an email, ovppodcast at gmail.com. Whoa. We'll give you a free month. What an offer. How about that? Just for November. Remember to do that. With that said, Quinn, we've had, we're at the midpoint of the season. Yes. We've had a lot of fun doing our new opening segment. Mm -hmm. What we're doing this time around, folks, is we are talking about wrestlers or maybe other, maybe not a wrestler, maybe concepts or match types or other things like that, that were very popular, Mm -hmm. very successful, Mm -hmm. did a good job in any other place other than the WWF. We talked about the Steiner brothers last week. Mm-hmm. Talked about DDP, right? We've talked about Tony Anthony, Barry Windham. You know these great talents that did a great job and were successful, but for whatever reason, when they were in the WWF, it just wasn't quite the same. Mm-hmm. This is a segment called "Anywhere But New York." I'm in a New York state of mind. Sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the saddest. Tragic. Now, we are taking requests on this one, and you can just do that on our Facebook group, or if you don't have Facebook, uh, shoot us an email. But this is actually one that Quinn and I thought of when we were talking about doing the segment to begin with. Right. And this, Quinn, is the television championship. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is for the World Television Championship and is set for one fall. Yeah, why did they not have this in WF? For this one, as a kid, I was always like, this is stupid. There should be WWF TV title because they have TV also. (laughs) That was was literally my logic. (laughs) Like, why is there not one over there? Right. Now, the most notable television championship was obviously the one that we grew up with in WCW, which stems all the way back to the Mid-Atlantic Territory in the mid-70s. Some people would tell you that's the most notable, but I, I, it's all the same to it's me. It's the same lineage. Yeah, it's the exact same belt. The NWA adopted it as their own in 77, and then it took on the WCW name in 91, but it's the exact same lineage. The Dusty Rhodes, the Arn Anderson, William Re- or Stephen Regal, Lord mm-hmm. Stephen Regal, Obviously, even the 1998 series yeah, that it, we love. It's just a solid mid-card title with, like, it's got a stupid stipulation that almost doesn't really matter, the time limit thing. It only matters on TV, but when they have to defend it on pay-per-view, it doesn't even fucking make a difference. <laughs> this is true. Arn Anderson, but this is a new introduction for Arn as the new world television champion, Arn Anderson. Thank you, Bob. You know, Bob, since the beginning of time, any champion in any sport, if he was a true champion, had to overcome adversity. And that weren't the only promotion to have a TV title. ECW actually pretty notably had one right. their entire run. That was where that great Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow feud took mm-hmm. place in 98 around that title. TV title was like ECW's like intercontinental belt. Exactly. Like it was basically that. So we liked the TV title in WCW as fans, like growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the appeals to it and the idea behind it was, you know, you had your promotion with your world title. Right. And then you had your your secondary, which when in the NWA was the US, right? Or WCW was the US title. Right. But WCW and the NWA before it took it a step further, Quinn, with this TV title. Yeah, TV. And usually you had some good matches come out of this division. Yeah. And you would have, like you said, there was a 10 or a 15 minute time limit on TV matches. But I think the idea behind it 
was on a lot of television shows, you'd get a title match every time. Yeah, that's what it, it, it ensured that. But also the like, I, I, I'm, like, I'm with you. The time limit thing was stupid only because, first of all, it's like really long. Like 15 <laughs> your, minutes is like your favorite is like every freaking title match usually on TV. I think back in the um, in the territory days, though, and especially down south, that's a more tolerable time limit than us, you know, short attention span northerners here, Quinn. Stupid New Jersey. No, it's not even that, though. It's like I always felt the time limit was silly because it was too long. Like, yeah, it didn't, it didn't freaking matter. Like, obviously, they'd get it done in 15 minutes. 15 minutes is more than enough time to do a wrestling match. And sometimes, you know, if the heel had a title, the time limit would run out just in the nick of time, yep. you know, and there would be a or heat thing. run out, a.k.a. they just, I don't know, pretended that the commercial break counted. Like, <laughs> I think you, they do, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they definitely do. do that all the time. Well, of course they do. The match is still going, as far as we know. Cameras are rolling. <laughs> yeah. But what? So this is a weird one, because WWF never even did it. Mm-hmm. It's not like they tried it and it didn't work. My theory, correct me if I'm wrong, Quinn, mm-hmm. if you have a different theory, is that they didn't do it because, A, everyone else did, and two, it would make them seem less world wrestling, less global. Uh, the television title, what the hell is that? What do you think? First of all, WWF is notoriously bad with, like, Titles that are sub-intercontinental. As the like, European proved. European cruiserweight <laughs> yeah, or the, yeah. uh, the light heavyweight. The hardcore Any, after a while. Anything not the main subtitle is is just crap in WF. Fair point. I think Women's they, title. Yeah, I think even if they did want that TV title, it would have been horrible. And so they just didn't even bother. Don't you think it's unfortunate, though? Because if you look at the WWF's roster, especially from like 85, 86, as they were getting more and more people. Yeah, they definitely could have used it. <laughs> they could use it because their television shows almost never have a title match. There's nothing ever interesting happening. It's usually a feature match and it has S.D. Jones in it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They do this constantly. S.D. Jones. It's a shame, though, because you know how these days everyone talks about how everyone was underrated and should have won the Intercontinental title, right? Like, everyone. Yeah. Everyone that didn't win the IC title should have. Snake and all yeah, them. Everyone yeah. should have. Rick Martel should have won it. <laughs> Every wrestler that, that you is, remember should have won the title. That is one of the most, most, like, prevailing Twitter theories ever. <laughs> everyone like, was underrated. Everyone deserved a short run with a belt, right? Yeah. Wrestlers who should have been WWE champions. Get the hell out of here! But see, the TV title would have alleviated all of that because you could still keep the same IC and world lineages. You know what all people would say. It's like, well, you didn't have a world title. You should have had a world title run. But can you imagine, Quinn, Rick Martell, WWF TV champion, 1989. I, I could buy that, yeah. Uh, with a feud with Tito Santana. Big boss man. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you know what I yes, mean. Like, yeah. exactly. Right, Brutus Beefcake. There's, mm-hmm. Oh, come on. What a package. Hi, Hulk. Uh, But then also, imagine all the stupid heels like Mountie would have it and like... I am the Canadian television champion. You know they do some shit like Genius wins it or something. But that's... Yeah. Would it have been good? Before we get carried away here and put the cart in front of the horse or whatever you're not supposed to do, would it have diluted or would it have enhanced? It would have enhanced. It would have just... It would have made those feature matches interesting every now and then. 
oh, ones like, that like are just like it's so and so versus such and such. Like right. it, it's not a jobber match. Our big feature match coming up, Brain Jim Powers taking on the Mountie. You yeah. know that type of thing. Exactly. But if it was for the TV title and Jimmy Powers is getting a title shot at Mountie. See, the interesting part about the TV title in general, I yep. feel like there should have been they should have added the an aspect to it, and they never really said it. The TV champ has to be available for every TV show, so then it gets very like <laughs> he's like tired or whatever. Is that implied though? Is it though? Like that, the, so, here, there's a couple things with the TV title that always confused me in its whole run. Does pay per view count? Like, can the TV champion object to defending it on pay per view because it's not regular but, television? But you still watch it on your TV, see? But it's pay per view. I know it's a pay per view basis, Quinn. Yeah, that's they, true. Which they seem to very much like to distinguish right they do it's so, not available on home tv and yeah, that type of shit yeah right <laughs> so like if in a vince mcmahon world federation version i guarantee you there would have been like the tv champ like, like fight somebody but he he loses on pay-per-view but because it's on pay-per-view it doesn't count or something i'm surprised wcw didn't do that in like 98 when they were doing screw finishes all the time yeah you know? like why is that not a thing i don't know like it's it's always non-title on pay-per-view but it, it is always for the title it's always on, for the title yeah you <laughs> on know TV. I mean? on tv no matter what no matter what anytime you're on tv you have to defend that belt exactly i think that might have been implied well terry taylor's moving up the ladder quickly tony as you said he won at starcade now he's going to get a shot very quickly at the world television champion I like the TV title in WCW a real lot. You and I have talked about it before because it gave not just a belt, right? But it gave spotlight mm-hmm. to certain people and really helped them get over. It That's what I like about actual it. Actual wrestling on TV. There you go. Like where it's like this match kind of matters. It's for right. it's for a piece of gold. Right. Yeah. I mean, we alluded to it earlier, but the best of seven series where didn't Rick Martell win it briefly? Yeah, that was so good. It was great. When he came back for like a hot second, <laughs> yeah. and got, I am injured now. Bye. And then he just left. It was like eight matches or something. It was great. Remember, he, he comes in with these shiny trunks and you're like, wow, Rick Martell, where the fuck has he been? And then he just, he like very easily like just kind of like hops in and wins yeah. the TV title from like all the people. Remember, there was like 600 people feuding for it. Like Finley and Booker T yeah, and, and he, Voldemort. And then he's like, hi, I'm here. And then he just like wins it and then he just loses it. And then he's like, I, I injured by. Yeah. But that type of stuff or what it did for like Steve Austin in his in the early 90s. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Regal, we mentioned. It's just a good way to get someone some attention. Right. right. Forget the rain because I know the rain is what it is. Right. The belt may or may not be important during that period of time. But I think we could also say that there were periods of time, quote, in WCW where the U.S. title was not, you know, as important as the TV well, title. yeah. So maybe that's also the reason why the WF never did it. Because, so it could dilute. Yeah, because WCW did have problems with that. They had the U.S. cruiserweight and TV. They had, like, three undercard titles. And eventually the hardcore. <laughs> don't bring Let's that up. Let's not talk about that. That, that shit sucked. <laughs> and WWF did have a hardcore title. I don't know. Like, maybe it was just... The other thing I've always wondered, if it's not as um, simple as that just Vince didn't want to do it thing, right. it was as simple as they would just always find some other mid-card title and they just never really, it never they never got the opportunity to do it. Like it just, they, maybe they always wanted to and they just didn't. And maybe they couldn't have handled it well. I mean, if you look at what they did in 97 and 98 with the European, once mm-hmm. once Bulldog won the damn thing, there was almost zero focus on it. 
Right. It took well, D'Lo until Brown. Shawn, well, until Shawn Michaels won it from him. And then, then and there was, again, that, zero that, focus that, on it. Yeah, but that was like, to me, the catalyst for like, that's when it started to pass. They right? got it to Triple H. Because Shawn Michaels wasn't the champion for very long. Yeah? Good. I really feel like Shawn Michaels was just like a conduit to get get it the fuck off the British Bulldog. He was something, all right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I know. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he didn't really want even want the title in kayfabe. Fucking want that. Yeah. In kayfabe or real life, I'm sure. The hell wants that belt? <laughs> I always thought that was really, really funny because just because it's like, yeah, Shawn Michaels is definitely better than British Bulldog. So he just like beats him. British Bulldog was like a little too good for the European title, like as far as kayfabe yeah. treated him. Yeah. So it was like nobody could ever get it off of him right uh, you know that's <laughs> yeah, I mean? true yeah <laughs> so we think it might have diluted the wwf to have i'm talking like 80s into the 90s yeah probably you think the, it would have yeah because the intercontinental title was so important right and would it have been as important maybe if they had another title no hmm. so like, maybe what, they did what, the, would right the ultimate thing. warrior have to like win the tv title also right. and then then the intercontinental title and then the world title you know that's a good point and especially now Quinn, if you look at i don't even know how many Belts there are, titles there are in WWE right now. So, by my count, Joe, on WWE.net, um, <laughs> there, there's uh, there's six in NXT. <laughs> there's ten between SmackDown and Raw. Good Lord. There's 16 titles. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And what about NXT UK? Actually, sorry. There's, there's <laughs> plus four more there. <laughs> Holy crap, there's like over... There, there's, there's like 20, 20 titles. There's exactly 20 championships in World Federation these days. And how many of them matter? Two, three? Like <laughs> yeah, the probably women's? the top two and maybe the women's ones. Four of them, I, I would say. And I know that that's due to the brand split in main WWE with the Universal and, and all that. They have to have like a... If one brand has like four belts, the other one has to. That is crazy. But again, yeah. I think that might go back to the point that it would have been fun, and mm-hmm. I can see a lot of positives to having little WWF TV title feuds and like late again. I'm talking when they had such a deluge of talent coming yeah. in for several years. There, they you didn't know, have 20 titles back then. They didn't. They had two, and then well, the tag also, and maybe the women's a little bit yeah. here and there, and they barely focus on that. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they got five tag team titles. <laughs> At least. It's amazing if you think about it. It really is. Like, I, I think this TV title discussion brought up a thing that I didn't think would go that way. But, like, the idea that back in the day... We didn't have talk shows. We sat around and listened to noises. Back in the day... The TV title, people were, like, afraid to add it to WWF because it was like, oh, there'll be too many titles. Look what they fucking have now. (laughs) Yeah, now everyone can get their run with the belt that everyone pines for. Do 20 people work for the WWE? Are there even 20 people worthy of championships? And that's not even counting the tag titles. If there's five tag titles, that's 10 extra people right there. So if you're one of those people that wants to see everyone hold the belt, honestly, for the last several years, you get to see that. I'm telling you, Joe, if you and me came to World Federation oh, like as a tag team, uh-huh. we, we could easily win one of these tag teams. There's enough of them. Maybe you can go for the NXT Heritage Cup or whatever yeah, it is. Heritage Cup Tag Team Championships. Yeah, we could, we could win them. You think? I think we could definitely win um, the NXT UK Tag Team titles <laughs> held by Pretty Deadly, whoever that is. It's- Lewis Howley, who... Luke. Oh, him, yeah. Yeah, remember remember him? Yeah, sure. Big fan. Watch it like 10 years from now. He's like (laughs) the WWE champion or something. fuck you guys at (laughs) OVP. But, um, you know, they did have uh, another title real quick here. They had the million-dollar title, Quinn. 
Yeah, you know what? That is true. Maybe the TV title just wasn't in the cards. It just like, wasn't it, it, necessary. I just, I think my prior statement is really what it is. It's that they just never had the opportunity to do. They'd always like do something else based on their own storyline, right? And you know what? Truthfully. Maybe they, Vince just thought it was beneath them for the type of positioning they were going for. Maybe. Strictly from a marketing standpoint, they had the world and the Intercontinental. Mm-hmm. You're going to lower yourselves to the TV title? I'm just thinking like Vince, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. They do. That's wrestling, you know, the TV title. Possibly. Good old boys wrestling for it, you know? Possibly. And athletics. I don't no, know. The TV title was cool, though. It was cool. But maybe it just didn't fit their... Um, Gestalt, if that's the right word. It's probably yeah. not. I'll allow it, dickhead. Folks, why don't you let us know what you think? Should the WWF ever have had a television championship? If not, tell us why. If so, tell us why. And if you think they shouldn't have, why didn't they? Why didn't they ever do it? You can let us know all this stuff, of course, not on TV, but on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, we go from television to a pay-per-view basis. Yeah. Because (laughs) we are talking about the Royal Rankings week number three, the best WWF pay-per-views of all time. That'll be coming up right after this. I think that was one of the things that separated WCW from WWE. Uh, television title was something that uh, you could go out and have a tremendous performer, if I can put myself in that category, who had a lot of... Uh, positive thoughts about going 20 minutes on television every single week you could go out and and make that championship mean something that's what i tried to do it's what austin tried to do steve regal tried to do you know that it was a it was like a badge of courage if you will it was uh one of those championships that probably got over a little bit more than it was intended to 20 minutes you made the loop with the guy once or twice at the most, and then that time limit went to 30 minutes. And then when you had a 30-minute match, and at 31 minutes you got beat, but you kept the championship, it meant something. You were never, ever going to get that time on the WWE product. You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast, the fastest-growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode 245, Monday, November 1st, 2021. How you doing there, Michael? Hi. Quinn was just perusing the uh, current WWE roster during the break there. Uh, I, I recommend that to anybody because it's hilarious. If you haven't watched in a little bit, it is it is funny. I think some of the wrestlers on there aren't real. I've never heard of them in my life. It- <laughs> Well, send your cards and letters to Michael Quinn uh, in Ogden, Utah. (laughs) But Quinn, before we get into the Royal Rankings, we did mention at the top of the show that we do have a Patreon, and we do this really just to give back to the people that want to support us. Mm -hmm. That's what it's for. And we want to give you the most value we possibly can for a small donation. So at patreon.com slash OVP podcast, what we've got is two separate shows. For $2 a month, you get the 1984 Canon which right now, we're in mid-1984, and it's crazy how quick this has gone. Yeah, we're moving, in, we're moving into the modern era yeah, we were for, real, for retro. Yeah, m- modern retro. We are cruising along here in the Hulkamania era, and what you get to do is watch it along with us every Friday. And if you don't want to watch it, we have it in audio form as well. Okay, It comes out every single Friday. It's 2 bucks a month. 
And it's like watching wrestling with your friends. That's what it's designed to be. Mm -hmm. That's what we do on there. And if you want the pay-per-view reviews, we've reviewed every WWF pay-per-view going all the way back to the first WrestleMania. And every single month, a new one comes out. So this weekend, it's WrestleMania 10, like we were saying. Wow. A lot of people like this one. Other people are like, it's never that good. It's a two-match show, which there are two really good matches. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see with our review. Uh, that's coming out this weekend. If you want to get your hands on WrestleMania 10 and every prior WWF pay-per-view review, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. It's five bucks for the entire month. And like I said, it's a new month now. So if you've been thinking about trying it, this is a good time to do it. It's November 1st. It's the beginning of the month. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, cancel before December 1st. It's cool. We won't be offended. Another option you have, if you've been on the fence and you just need that extra nudge, you want a free month, we're going to give you one for November. You do that by sending us a message on Twitter at OVP Podcast, or if you don't have Twitter, email us ovppodcast at gmail.com. Guess what? If you don't want to do any of that, we're just thankful that you're listening to this show. Right. It'll always be here every Monday. It definitely will. It's free. We're happy about that. So, mm -hmm. But really, if you want to donate, you want the extra stuff, patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. And now, Michael... The important one. Very important. The Royal Rankings. This is the one that, that sparks the controversy every they single all, time. They all care about it. Yeah. And we're happy about that. Yeah. So, folks, this is the Royal Rankings. And what is the Royal Rankings in the Royal Flush? Well, each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, over on Facebook to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, it was WWF pay-per-views all time. Everything's mm -hmm. on the board, right? Once all the votes come in, we tally them up and we put them in two separate tanks. One for the best, one for the worst. Each week we alternate, we pull two names out, and then we rank them. That way, by the end of the season, what you will have is the definitive certified organic non-GMO, USDA certified, baptized, and healthy. Best and worst WWF pay-per-views of all time. So, Quinn, this is week number three for the rankings. That means there's four names already on the board. Let's run them down. Sure. At number one, and I believe rightfully so, so far, WrestleMania three. It's a big boy. It's hard to top this. It, it, it is hard to top it. At number two, despite some controversy, and I knew that was going to come <laughs> from Tony Leg Day. Yeah. Not surprising, is Royal Rumble 92, which Quinn and I agree, at least, and this is our vantage point. That's true. That It's in the show name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in case you were wondering what these are based off of. We agree that maybe from a technical granular point of view, we, we might like it better. Than number three, which we love WrestleMania six at number yeah. three. I mean, I love WrestleMania very, six. Very, very grain, uh, waves of grain <laughs> view there. Amber ones, even. yeah. And then at number four, rounding it out right now, fun show, but not better than the other three, is SummerSlam 91. Right. That's the four on the board right now. This week, two more coming out. Quinn, uh, when we talk about WWF pay-per-views, we're not specifically talking the match quality. Right. Although that plays a factor. We are not specifically talking about... It doesn't have to be a WrestleMania. That doesn't make it automatically better mm -hmm. than another pay-per-view. Right? I agree. Okay. And we are kind of just trying to go through this and see where do you get the most bang for your buck, you know? And from start to finish, the card, the pacing, the flow, the backstage stuff, if there's any. Mm -hmm. If it's a WrestleMania, maybe the use of celebrities, the memorability, the commentary, the arena, the all of it. memorability is a big factor. It is a very big factor. That, I agree with you. I, I do think, like, when you're talking about card, number of good matches does matter. It does matter. Yeah, in I this agree. Case. But it's also, how does it flow as a pay-per-view start to finish? Yeah. How, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if the main event sucks, that drags it down. True. You know, and that's one of the things about SummerSlam 91, just to inform the fans here. One of the reasons about SummerSlam 91 not being higher is the main events are poopy. 
a wedding is the final thing you <laughs> yeah. see. And before that, it's a meaningless like Coliseum video tag match. Yeah, it's true. Other than that, it's a great show. Anyway, with the, all that said, Quinn, is it time to go down to Howard Finkel? Sure. Let's go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. And welcome to WrestleMania 3. We are here in the Superdome without a doubt. Now it's time to feel the heat. Put that cigarette out. Spent a lot of money. It is the Royal Rankings of WWF Pay-Per-Views, week number three. Quinn, is this where it starts to get hotter and heavier? Definitely hot and heavy. Um, we're going to have over half done at that's this right. point. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, this is... Mm-hmm. We got four on the board. Two more are coming out this week, and we've kind of run down some of our criteria. The thing you guys have to remember is the more names get on the board, the more we have to get into the finer details about how to rank one above another. The, the nitty and the gritty. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Both of <laughs> them. The finer and the details. Yes, the amber waves of grain. Yeah, the the amber (laughs) waves of grain. So, with all that said, folks, we've run down the four on the board. The fans are ready. We're ready. Why don't we all find out who drew number five? Welcome to In Your House, the Canadian Stampede. You know, I really like the Canadian Stampede pay-per-view. Canadian Stampede. In your heist, Canadian Stampede. An interesting pay-per-view. I knew, um, I knew this would make it, though. This is a very well-regarded show. It is. Why it is, is always interesting to me. I don't know. I'm always torn between this pay-per-view because I'm not looking at it as... I like Bret Hart, but I'm not like a Bret Hart super fan, right? Sure. It's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. This is the biggest Bret Hart fan service show without question. Is it? Is it not? Well, besides WrestleMania 10, maybe. Yeah. In all seriousness. Yeah. In Your House Canadian Stampede, folks, was July of 1997, uh, July 6th to be exact, in Calgary at the Saddle Dome. Sold out, obviously, 12,000 fans. And to give you the context here, this was in the middle of the tremendous, and I think almost everyone, if not everyone, would agree, Bret Hart against the USA angle. Right. Where he's a face everywhere but the US. This is correct. I want everybody to understand that nobody is more proud of being Canadian than I am. This is probably the apex of Brett's second... I, I kind of divide it into, like, WrestleMania 12 mm-hmm. is the end of his first run. Basically. Right? In my honest opinion. And then when he comes back at the Survivor Series 96 until he leaves the following year, it's a whole renaissance for him. Right. And this is a tremendous era for him on the mic and still really good in the ring. And he's feuding still with Steve Austin. Yes. And Shawn Michaels, like, on the side. Yeah, there, there's a whole, <laughs> Bret Hart just hates everyone. Yeah, and um, everyone hates him in the United States. So what we have here is the Hart Foundation is fully reformed at this point. This is the version with Bret, mm-hmm. Owen, Bulldog, Anvil, and Brian Pillman. Yes. Right? All the Canadian people. All the they, Canadian people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the team that they're taking on, folks, 
is captained or headed up by Steve Austin, right? Who is technically now a face, but in Canada he's damn sure he not going to be one. Back to like <laughs> asshole Steve yeah. Austin, right? And he and they had a lot of raws leading up to this that were in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because Austin would just be natural heel Steve Austin in it's Canada. True. And King would flip. Yeah, the, the funny part is King flipping. That <laughs> shit is hilarious. Like, <laughs> so like, he, ba- based off whatever the crowd's doing, King is now like, well, I am I hate the heel. Or I, I hate, hate Bret Hart the, in yeah, Canada. Yeah, only in Canada. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really weird. It's great. So we got Steve Austin, the Legion of Doom, who in 97 are still very over. Right. This is before the, the New Age Outlaws, like said get the fuck out of here and then that was very good by the way i know uh we've also got ken shamrock on this team again very over in 97 mm. had just started wrestling and goldust who i believe one of these two fellows either shamrock or goldust uh replaced sean michaels who was but, supposed to be in this match but, very very briefly but goldust was naturally part of this because he was shooting with brian pillman that's like why i believe that's why I recall, so it might have been right? shamrock yeah i, yeah. I know that sean maybe Michaels, it was shamrock i don't know but I know that Goldust was definitely in a heated feud with Brian Pillman at this point. Yep. And I also know that it was only very briefly that Sean was mentioned to be in this match. I don't even know if there was ever like a graphic created with Sean. How in close the- were we to Degeneration X at this point? Were they even a thing? I don't I feel like it was like right after this. They you mean started the formation of the, not the yeah. name, right? But yeah, like, the formation. That was right after SummerSlam. Right. So about yeah. a month ish. So that's the main event, a big 10 man tag. And obviously, the Hart Foundation is the hometown heroes here. Right. And you can get a very good inside look at this on Wrestling with <laughs> on the very famous oh, Wrestling yes. with Shadows. Oh, yes. You know, I, you know, my family, we all came to this thing. There's uh, my brother in law, Jim Neidhart. He's a character. And then there's my brother in law, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. He's a character. Yeah. <laughs> That's where Brett's like, Doc's in a hat. I'm a cowboy now in Canada. Yeah. None other than Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation. One of the funny things about the Wrestling with Shadows, because I have to mention this, I'd be mm-hmm. upset if I didn't, is when Brett is going over certain things with Neidhart about the promos and Vince Russo standing there. And there was another bit where Pat is going over the finish. And this oh, yeah. Then you throw him over the fucking rope. Like, that's where that comes from. That's where we get our Pat impression for. Yeah. And a motherfucker, fuck you, and you throw him over the fucking rope. That's the finish or whatever yeah. you said. Yeah, I don't know. It's all there. It's, it's I'm really sure you're throwing it in right now. I better be. And let's say he knocks you on your ass on the floor. And one of your brother trying to reach him, he turns around and nails one of your brother. Kicks that motherfucker on the leg. He just came back with a wooden leg. Sit there and just sit there. Boom, falls back on his chair. Nail your brother. And the other one's a fuck you. Jumps over the barricade. Kicks. Oh, fuck. Throw his ass in the fucking ring. And either your brother fucking help you when everybody else is fighting in the ring. Motherfucking no good bastard. With that said, that's a hot main event. And in Calgary, that's the biggest thing here. Is This is a very, like, regional kind of, <laughs> but national appeal here. My amazement for the, like... This show, everyone thinking it's so good thing, is two things. There's four matches on the whole pay-per-view. Good. good. Secondly, they're whatever, right? It's not well, like, they're, these are not like blow-you-away matches, kind right? Kind of. I, I want to get into that a little bit. Uh, and you're not wrong entirely, Quinn. Yeah. You're not. But the thing is here, this isn't in your house. This might be one of the best in-your-house events. Right. So maybe the time thing is a little unfair because, yeah, it's in your house. It's it like, is. Two hours, maybe. Yeah, and it's the last two hour in your house, yeah. by the way. So it's got that, but I mean, like, everything else going on under here is whatever. Some of it's good, though. Yeah. And I want to be fair to it. So 
We'll start with the dark match now. We'll the work. free for all. So this did air, right? This did air, yeah, but it yeah. doesn't count. Right. It's because it's still technically not on the pay per view. Mm-hmm. So the Godwins took on the new Blackjacks and they defeated them. And the new Blackjacks are poopy. I mean, yep. they're fine, but they're Blackjack who, Bradshaw, Blackjack Wyndham. Yeah, but who cares, yeah. right? I mean, in all seriousness, they, they, who they, cares? This is my confusion. Were <laughs> they the tag champs? I'm not sure. <laughs> Neither I, of them were here. Yeah. But this opener here, this is a great match. It's pretty and, good. Yeah. And it gets a little overshadowed because of their. September 97. Yeah, this isn't on the one anybody remembers. This one's just decent. This is here really to set up SummerSlam. Right. And yeah. it's Triple H, who has China obviously with him by now, taking on Mankind. They're in that feud since King of the Ring, where Triple H beat him in the finals. But it's great. It's yeah. really fun. And the crowd really liked it. The next match, though, the great Sasuke yep. versus Takamichi Noku. I remember this being. Like, decent. Very good. Like, yeah. I remember being like, why is WF Cruiserweight division not this, like, right. all the time? And that's a great point. This is where they were really kicking off the light heavyweight division. Now, if you'd been watching WCW for the last, you know, year and a half, which Quinn and I had. Right. You see stuff like this all the time right. on Nitro. And, that, and I think that's the issue with this, right? It's like, it's good. It really is. But it's like I could go to Nitro and watch six other matches like this, and they're better. That's the thing. But and for- I like the characters better, too. As much yeah. as as much as like Taka's pretty endearing overall. He is, yeah, I like Taka. Um, over like many years after the fact. Yep. He's not as endearing as to me as say Ultimo Dragon or like Chris Jericho or like any of the people in the Dean Malenko, like oh, Cruiser. Yeah. Even the fucking minor people in the cruiserweight division I loved, like Lenny Lane and fucking <laughs> Villiano number four and La Parca and all this shit. El Dandy. Yeah, El Dandy. You know what I mean? Like I do. it's just like this is fine. But first of all, they're not going to have great Suzuki forever. No. Like, he's just there to visit. Like, he's literally there to, like, <laughs> hi, I'm guest starring or whatever on this episode of In Your House. This and, episode. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have any long-term impact or anything. It doesn't. Uh, it did kick off Taka's run. Um, he was very impressive, and it's a very good match. About 10 minutes, well-regarded. Ultimately didn't matter. Then this one, though, this will knock your socks off. This might surprise people. The world champion, The Undertaker... Took on Vader. I believe someone can correct me if I'm wrong. This was supposed to be Ahmed Johnson who had turned heel. If you recall, when hmm. Ahmed turned heel, which and, sucked, and, by the way, I didn't like it. I liked it. I think it freshened him up. It did, but it, very quickly he became like nothing. Well, very he just qu- wore a hat a lot. Very like, quick. Was like that was it. Very quickly he became injured too, which yeah. was part of the problem. Mm-hmm. When he turned heel, he turned heel on the Undertaker, right? And he joined the Nation. And I believe it was supposed to be Ahmed finally getting a fucking world title shot on pay-per-view. It should have happened months ago. It should have, but the dude was always fucking injured or feuding with Nation. To me, Ahmed Johnson is such like a, a missed opportunity only because of the injuries. Like, because I yeah. he was so... People always forget how over he was. He like, was. When I was a kid, I was like, wow, Ahmed, he's like definitely like the strongest WF guy. And like, look, he's better than the British Bulldog. Like, that's like right. how they marketed him. Like, he's like a step above, right? He, he body slammed Yoko. Yeah. Like, the fat, fat Yoko. The, the fatter version. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, then he topped Lex Luger, so he's better than him. And Kicked that, Goldust ass easily. Yeah, and he just, yeah, won the Aircom <laughs> Bell and like all this stuff. And like... This was always a shame with Ahmed Johnson. Like, I really wanted him to be the world champion at some point. Yeah, I would have liked to see his career go on and not get injured and all this stuff. And but he was Big T or whatever in WCW and never heard from him ever again. It was, don't bring that up, Big, Big T. What, is that what he called? Yes, Big T? Because he hung Book- out with, like, Stevie Ray yeah. and stuff. Booker wasn't allowed to use the letter T in his name. This is right. real. Yeah. Anyway, The Undertaker took on Vader. Vader 
has a very good 97 after coming under the tutelage of Paul Bearer earlier in the year. Yeah. Like, Vader has the renaissance in 97. Like, the Cornet era of Vader is stinky. Cornet should have never touched Vader. Cornet, we, we've been over this, guys. I mean, in, in WWF, he's bad. Like as in Utah. As a manager. As, as a, a manager. manager. Even, yeah. The hints are there in 94. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. But with with that said, Vader in real life seemed much more motivated in 97. Uh, and he has an excellent match here, believe it or not, with The Undertaker. It's probably the best match between the two of them uh, that I've seen. It's better than their Royal Rumble match. <laughs> It's really good. Does it matter? No. <laughs> you don't, no. It doesn't matter. Nothing happens. But Undertaker retains. He wins. And that's yeah. during his urban cowboy era, where, like dead cowboy, whatever, where he has the weird hat. No, like mm-hmm. the Zorro hat. Yeah, you, Zorro. I hate that poster where he's wearing the hat the on Zorro it. The Zorro hat? It stinks. <laughs> this Undertaker, like, you know what upsets me about this Undertaker the most? It's like, this is the one where I'm like, okay, he's finally the champion. Like, okay, Undertaker run. Like, I'm really excited about it. It's a, it doesn't end up being very good. Because no. like, you know what it is? It's like, this is really hampered by the fact that, like, Brett and Sean are kind of, like, doing their own thing. Yeah. It's just kind of like the Undertaker has nobody to really fight. The only people left in the World Federation at this point who are good are Sean, Brett, an undertaker and like stone cold but he's rising so he yeah. doesn't he's not really in that mix he did fight him in may but i get what you're saying you know what i mean like it was clear the top people in 1997 according to the kayfabe ranking or whatever those yeah. were the top three yeah that I was agree it with you. yep but vader did a good job standing in here as an opponent for the undertaker a good match ultimately doesn't matter mm-hmm. to be fair though then we get to the main event so this is a quick card it's an in your house I think the entrances here are pretty notable right. for when the Heart Foundation comes out because they come out in order, I guess, of like crowd appreciation. So it's either Pillman or Neidhart first. I can't remember, right? right. Then Bulldog after the two of them. Mm-hmm. Then Owen, which is <laughs> yeah. very over. And then Brett and like the roof blows off the damn saddle dome. You know how. Brett, for better or for worse, and we like to make fun of him because I love Bret Hart, so don't take it personally, anyone, but like, you know, Canada's the best or whatever. Like, it's very He's like Mr. Canada. He's He's like the official mascot of Canada. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. He has a lot of pride about Calgary. If you had to. If you had to send some representatives to the UN from Canada, Bret Hart. Man. I think to this day you could still send Bret Hart. He's still, you know, you're the most amazing Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, said, but it's real. Like I think when people, can I ask a question? Oh like for, for most people, like even non rest like I don't know why. It's just like Bret Hart really like endeared himself to Canada. He did endear himself to Canada, and he, I don't know, they just fucking love him. Bret Hart was very over in a lot of places that he went. This is no exception. And this is one of Bret Hart's favorite things that he ever did in wrestling is, is this event. Now, as a match, I mean, it's universally or almost, I guess, universally acclaimed as a very, good. very good 10-man tag. Yeah, it's it's decent. It's, again, maybe a, 
this is not a knock on this show or anything, yeah. but you know, ten man tag and I know yeah, it's like whatever. I don't. I know that David P. Meltzer um, said this was the best show or something of 1997, <laughs> so, according to World Federation something. A lot of people, World Federation Online, um, at 15 best pay per views ever, and yada yada yada. A lot of people really, really, really have a great esteem for this yeah. show, and I, 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 can't I mean, even fault them. even Cleveland.com. Oh, um, I love said that it, website. Said, said it was one of the 50 greatest pay-per-views ever or something. That's my favorite site. 50. <laughs> the top 50. We're, we're doing a top 10 here. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know where it ranked for them. But. but but obviously, Quinn, enough of our fans agree. Yeah. I mean, it made the top 10. I guess we'll get to ranking we'll time. We'll get to but ranking like, time. Yeah, I, again, not a knock on Brett. I, I know. I like this show. I know. I'm not saying I don't like it. It's just like... I never understood the like greatest pay per view ever thing. To me, I'm like it's a very good in your house. Maybe the best. In yeah, your it's house. one of the best in your houses, like without question. I think it's because nothing sucks on it. There's no nothing, nothing sucks, no, but there isn't a lot of anything. It's like four fucking matches. You're right, Quinn. Yeah, that, you're right that, about that, that. That is the thing. I agree with you there. It has marks against it. Again, we're going to get to this with ranking time, but as far as the main event is concerned. The crowd is just nonstop electric for the whole event, especially the main event. Right. This is actually where, and again, Pat describes the finish. Bruce Hart, of course, as always, tries to get involved because he has to get himself over. <sighs> yeah. And, and there's stew, a drink. Stew waddles in. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Owen winds up getting the pin on Austin, and that is right. to set up SummerSlam. Right. But with that said, it does have that very feel-good moment of every Hart family member and associate ever in the <laughs> ring at the end. Like, Natty is in there. Yeah, it really is like one of those, like, superheroes, like, all shaking hands yeah. things, but yeah. it goes the hearts. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is, re like, it's weird to this day where you find out that Tyson kids there is, like, yeah. a child yeah. or something, and you're like, what? Is that, and is Teddy An Anus there, or whatever yeah, his like, name is? Like, it's anybody ever who would ever be associated with the hearts. I'm sure there's, like, infants in the ring that eventually became, like, heart people. Like uh, at the time, like I, there probably is. Yeah, there's probably some some one of the mothers holding probably <laughs> some, some screaming kid. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, and that and that ended up being fucking Biggie or Biggie? I don't know anybody like. And I know like, Jade and Blade and Beans and yeah. Dallas and all the Bernard's weirdo kid names are there. I you you know what I mean? It's just like this concept that the hearts they they breed wrestlers. They or do, something. <laughs> and it's just. Don't the Canadian Samoans. <laughs> There's probably somebody that was in that ring that still is like, who's only like 20 who will eventually become the world champion of like NWA Canada or something. Like, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's just like, it, it's weird. But it is a damn good show and it's a feel good show and mm -hmm. it's a very great atmosphere. And I completely understand why it made the rankings. We'll talk more when it comes time to rank, but I think it's time now, Quinn, if you're ready to find out who drew number six. You're sure. Ready? Fans, count us down. We welcome you to WrestleMania 17. <sighs> WrestleMania X7. Yeah, yeah. All right. The alleged greatest pay-per-view of all time or something. Hey, it might wind up being that by the end of the season. Right. We'll have to see. WrestleMania X7, despite its stupid name, is uh, well-regarded. Mm -hmm. Very well-regarded. Can, can I ask you a question no. just about the name since we're starting from the name? Go ahead. I actually thought that this was 
the you the, would you would no but i'm saying as far as the the timing of like when to kind of simplify it a little bit i really thought that this was a little easier because because then you'd have to go vii or whatever it's just as far as like a marketing on a poster it it's more legible is all i mean i could use arabic numbers and just done 17 i'm just one seven yeah how I, do you get simpler than that I'm just saying. WrestleMania I, star. This is about this. This is about the time when I I was kind of okay with the naming convention for 17, 18, and nineteen. I like, wasn't. I was like, I was like, that's fine. Quick trivia is about a year before during WrestleMania two thousand, they were hyping this as WrestleMania two thousand one. Remember? Yes, that? that's true. That is real. Which I would have liked that better than X seven. But oh, whatever. really? I would have hated two thousand one WrestleMania. Well, at least it's the year. Mm, no. All right. Anyway, the whole year thing was no good. I don't think it's good either. Yeah. I'm saying X seven. Anyway, got Roman numeral and you got modern. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's got Roman numerals. It's got letters. That's great, yeah. Quinn. Anyway, WrestleMania 17, April 1st, 2001 in the Reliance Astrodome in Houston. Uh, 67,000 people in attendance, rightfully so. That says all you need to know about how WWE was doing at this point in time. Very, very, very well financially yeah. And, yeah. and marketing. This, this, is, this to me was the them saying, look. Look what we've done. It's taken the whole era and we finally built up to being like WrestleMania 3 again. Or 6 or six, whatever. Yeah, one yes. of the big, or 8 or whatever. Totally like agree. It took, it took us the whole rest of the 90s, but we got here. Yep. And the reason they got there is uh, partially due to the two men in the main event. Arguably two of the biggest stars maybe ever in wrestling, definitely during this period of time. We're, of course, talking about the world champion at the time, The Rock, defending once and for all here. It's been a long time since the two of them had a one-on-one. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Now, we have talked about the main event a real lot. We have talked about this event here and there. So I don't want to go too deep into detail, Quinn, right. because we've done it a lot. But the point here is The Rock had defeated Kurt Angle, who was like randomly the champion for four months. This is very Attitude Era. <laughs> very. Where like they, they would always like keep it busy until the major pay-per-view. And then around right. February-ish, they'd establish, okay, like <laughs> yeah. the real people are the champions right. now. It's like, fuck this shit. That's how it felt when The Rock won it back in February at No Way Out. It's yeah. like, okay, good, good. Yeah. End this shit, please. It's, it, they, they just had Angle like because they needed to sweeten the pot for The Rock yeah. to have something to do for like a couple months. Pretty much. Now, Austin had returned in September after being out of wrestling since November of 99. We know the deal. Rikishi ran him over, allegedly. He did it for the people. He did it for The Rock. did it for The Rock, right? I did it for The Rock. I did it for the people. I did it. uh, Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. All that sucked, and we all agree that that sucked. They they forgot that that, like, existed, too. They didn't mention that. To be fair... WWF's booking after SummerSlam 2000 went down the shitter because Stephanie joined, mm-hmm. by the way. They were able to like still pull together this WrestleMania, but it was already getting worse uh-huh. at the end of 2000. But they cobbled together something very good here. Totally let's, agree. Let's, let's not no, no, no. take away from this. I won't. So Austin Rock main event, all the Deborah shit leading up to it notwithstanding. They no just one wrote that off. No one remembers the that. The only thing that you know that that happened is because it's in the My Time right. music video. For right. Like, and Deborah does the pose. And, yes. that's, and that's it. And then it's like within like 30, not even like within 10 seconds after that <laughs> in that promo, it's like, The Rock says you're not my manager anymore or something. Yeah. And that's it. And that's like, it. And that's kind of been retconned out of the buildup to this. <laughs> yeah. But it did, it did happen. Yeah. But obviously most notably is the sit down interview with JR. Yeah. That was a really nice touch because they didn't do those back then. 
uh-huh. everything was in the ring on a mic. So to do a, a backstage sit down was a big deal. The story is basically Austin, Austin needs, needs to this him. to validate like that he's still good. Yep. And The Rock needs it because he's never beaten Stone Cold. And that's it. That's like, it. And the title's on the line. And the, t- the title, it somewhat matters. but it ma- No, yeah, it matters. It matters Austin to Austin more than The Rock does. The Rock, it's more about saying he, he could beat the best. Yes. Right? And for Austin, it's like, I need to beat you, Rock, because I need the title. I need to prove to myself I'm the best, right? Mm-hmm. That's the main event. It is the Warrior Hogan of the Attitude Era. Right. Uh, so the build to this show... Some of the stuff is built well. Some is thrown together. It doesn't matter. That's true for every WrestleMania. But a lot of it is good execution. I think that's why this show stands out. It's got a lot in common with WrestleMania 3 in the sense that there's a lot of matches, not as many. And uh, some of them really don't matter, but they're inoffensive. And and that's a lot like WrestleMania 3. The thing that I've always heard said about this show that it's like average star rating amongst many reviewers and stuff has always been fairly high, which is why it always ended up being considered such a great pay-per-view. No, I agree. That is what I've heard Everyone is kind of really on point as far as like doing whatever they're meant to do. And the crowd is great. Mm -hmm. And we got to mention too, the commentary is great. Yep. It's JR and... No more Jerry Puppies Lawler because he was, it was getting old in early 01. It was. So when he left with his fifth wife or whatever the fuck Stacey Carter was. The, the cat. Yeah, the cat. With Paul Heyman's like, I would like to do this. So he yeah. just comes in and he's immediately better than King. He's very good. Heyman and JR are good at this event, Quinn. Yeah, they are very good. That's not to say King was bad before mm. this. I don't know. He wasn't as good. He was starting to like lose a step. He had not yes. completely fallen no, off. No, 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 no. He but, still like, has some good stuff left. I him. think what this did, unfortunately, is open people's eyes up to King alternatives because at this point, King and JR had entered this like reverence period where it was like, no, King and JR are like the voice of of, yeah. of Raw and ver- the the Monday Night War and everything. Yeah, but it hadn't been that. They hadn't been that great. For most of 2000. They, they were would okay eventually reunite after King came back. Yeah, and they were all friendly. It was never the same. <laughs> but uh, Paul Heyman just is not afraid to call out JR, who's a curmudgeon, you know, even when he's... That's like, true. He's just... And Paul Heyman's like, shut the fuck up! Uh, yeah, know, Paul like Heyman's like, <laughs> like resistance to JR yeah. was hilarious. It's great, because yeah. JR always tries to, like, bully everyone around, even even though he's a face commentator. Yeah. Oh, fuck you! I, yeah. I don't sell anything. Yeah. And Paul Heyman's like, why don't you... Shut the fuck up, too, JR. <laughs> he like doesn't care, and I like that. Yeah, it's true. And on behalf of myself, it's been miserable working with you. Anyway, that's my commentary notes, but let's get to the card here. <laughs> the opener doesn't matter because this is the dark match on Heat. Yeah. <laughs> Remember this so whole cares. era when Heat? I actually like this when like you could watch Heat and they were like in the arena, yeah, yeah. like already. It I was like kind of neat. Now this match though is is poopy. X <laughs> X Factor, which nobody liked. Yeah, um, that's X Pac and who's still there, and just incredible, who is somehow there, not credible <laughs> by this point. No, uh, and they have Albert with them for reasons, and they defeat the very hot team of Grandmaster Sexay. And Steve Blackman. Now, I like Steve Blackman, but why is Grandmaster Sexay not with Scotty Tuhati? That that's always upsetting to me. Was he injured? Maybe. Anyway, this also has the um this is around the time where the WWF really started. They had hints of it prior to kind of J-O themselves in the intro of every WrestleMania. They're like, yeah. it's the best thing we ever do. So this is yeah. So the one thing that I will say about this WrestleMania 
Fred Blassie and trucks yeah, and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? They're watching in Pakistan. You know, once <laughs> it was just a dream in 1952 or something. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they just this is where this really starts. In I'm, earnest. I'm just glad I lived to see it. And then it's like Andre the Giant gets slandered. Like, you know, you know what it is. You know what they do. It's like it's just like they act like this shit is like the greatest thing to ever happen. I know. Like, remember the moon landing? Not yeah. as good as WrestleMania. Like, like it's we. Humanity just wanted wrestling to be good. And like Vince that, McMahon is the one yeah, that did it. Thank goodness, right? Welcome to WrestleMania, the showcase of the Immortals. But it is uh, it is where this era... So oh, the, the intro is very good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The opener is very unimportant, but most openers are. But this is a good opener. It's fine. First of yeah. all, not over 10 minutes. Solid. Second of all, seven minutes. Chris Jericho versus William Regal. Right? IC champion. Yep, Chris Jericho. Uh, two solid talents there. Mm-hmm. Good choice of an opener. Right. Probably the best. This is again. I'm paralleling this with WrestleMania three because there are a lot of similarities here. Right. Like the opener at three is that nice little tag match around the same length. Good choice. Right. right. This is a little better on a technical perspective. I don't know isn't that it? it is. It's about the same, right? I just remember enjoying it. Like I, it, yeah, got, I liked it got the it. crowd going. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what an opener does. It yep. did its job. Don't pretend that this next one matters, though, Quinn, because no. No, everyone knows it doesn't. The only reason this next one is good is because this is this is the aspect where, like, everyone is tired of a thing. Yes. And you're watching it blow up, yeah. like, spectacularly, yep. and everyone loves it. So it's actually a good pairing here. The APA, who were very over still, yeah. Farouk and Bradshaw, as faces, with Taz, who had mm-hmm. debuted in January. And they have Jackie with them, by the way. They're, they're finally just like, let's kick the shit out of... Bull Buchanan, mm-hmm. who's very good. The Good Father. <laughs> and Val Venus, who have Stevie. That's right to censor, obviously. They kick their asses in like three minutes. The coastline from hell! It's glorious. So it, Can I just... Oh, yeah. Like, okay, you have to remember at this point in time, folks, right to censor was like easily the most stupid like way overdone like enough Vince mad at the PTA or whatever I don't know like he's just pissed PTA. whatever it fucking was it needed to go away and, it, and this is like they do the same thing at Wrestlemania 30 where it's like it's something that needs to like nobody's no, everyone's had enough of this shit that's let's correct let's just get the biggest baddest faces yep like you know like the, the tough faces and have them just kick the fucking shit out of these people yep. like and that's exactly what they did so there's nothing wrong with that it's only a few minutes yeah it's happy yep good then we got, this is where this, it gets I going love, here. I love this fucking match. And it's not long. It's like yeah. not even 10 minutes. Kane uh-huh. <laughs> defeated Raven, who was the hardcore champion. Yeah, Raven yeah, was Raven, there. Remember? Remember? And Big Show, who was never doing anything important ever. But this is good. <laughs> it, no, it is Do good. not de- besmirch Big I Show know, here. I'm <laughs> saying, of course, he's in the hardcore match because he's got <laughs> nothing better to do. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. There's a triple threat for the hardcore. This is the one where they famously brawl all over the Astrodome. Yep. There's a golf cart that Raven they, rides. They might have almost taken the power out and destroyed the whole show. Yep. They throw <laughs> someone through a wall. Yeah. They're all over the place. <laughs> Big show. Screw you. Like yeah. all this fun shit. Hey, you want to play? Let's screw you. 
it's just a great little match like and and the crowd is into it you can like hear them like <gasps> yeah. like like through the walls yeah. like everyone is just like enjoying the shit out of this and it doesn't they don't go away from the arena for too long so the crowd doesn't get bored yeah you know it's not like they're gone the whole time and it, mm-hmm. so it's really well Raven done Raven comes out with a shopping cart full <laughs> yeah. of bullshit like gimmicks it's just a fun little time right yeah. I have no problem with this match I really like it don't pretend that the next one matters either because no one cares about this mm-hmm. Seriously, I know you don't. And we're talking about where, for the European title that really mattered in 2001, the champion, Test, lost it to Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. But this, what was funny about this is, and this is where I want to note the pacing of this show. Go ahead. It's it's got this perfect, like, up and down, up and down, Uh up and down, like, which is exactly what you want to fucking do, right? You had this great, fun, hardcore match. You got to have a come down. But then the next match is great. So the next match, folks... Is a very good wrestling match. Yeah. From a wrestling point of view, it's really good. I liked it at the time. I haven't watched it in a long time because I haven't watched 17 in a while, but I've always liked this match. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, who is starting slowly to become just better overall. Yeah. So he defeats the wrestler's wrestler, right? Chris Voldemort here. Mm-hmm. Chris. B- this was awesome and it was needed in a match full of like not that kind of stuff. Right. And it's right in the middle. It's perfect yep. like it's absolutely perfect where it is and it's not too long yeah either they go about 15 you know yep. give and, or take and here we go again with the pacing joe as we come down for china versus ivory oh we, everyone came down for that went down the concessions yeah so this is matches bullshit but <laughs> honestly <laughs> this is, we're gonna the say. purpose of this is again fuck right to censor yeah. like just everyone's okay with china at this point they yes. just want to see joni kick the shit out of this stupid ivory and yeah. that's and that's exactly what it is anyway china defeats ivory Dewey defeats Truman. Yeah. Then we, and then again, another back up, come back up. And this, this is the most underrated match on the whole show. This is a big sleeper to me. Honestly, I really like this whole thing, yeah. folks. This is the McMahons. This is Shane taking on Vince. Now, just to clarify real quick here, the bullet points, Vince mega heel mode, like <laughs> Trish Stratus bark like a dog era. <laughs> this, this is the most bombastically heel Vince McMahon yeah. ever. Yeah. He's insane, He's for, insane. The mu- for the months coming up to this, but like in the best ways, yeah. right? Where the, where it's just, it's so evil. Like you can't help, but like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like everything, everything he does is insanity. How uncomfortable was my wife when I told Trish, to take her skirt off. I don't know. And this is Shane's swishy pants era where yeah. he's just like plucky still because he's, he's not still that old. young. Yeah. yeah, he's like 30. Linda had been in a comatose, like semi-conscious state. Because she's so stunned that Vince cheated on her with Trish Stratus. Yep. What? Trish, what? Trish Stratus. Yep. Yeah. And it's good because it's better than her talking. Yeah. <laughs> Vince? The, the other thing that the other dynamic that going on here is Trish is like faking that she's with vince and you're kind of yes. you kind of know this because after the bark like a dog incident she's like not okay with this shit which yeah. rightfully so but even that gets like addressed right right like this this addresses all the bullshit that vince mcmahon's been doing for like a couple months now and the special referee in this hardcore match here mick foley right and don't forget jealous stephanie of, yep. of daddy's new girlfriend yep is which, this her crimped hair era which is cr- crimped hair she lo- <laughs> I gotta I like her hair. stephanie pretty she then. really plays up the I'm a daddy's ri- girl a daddy's girl rich asshole where she crimps the hair and she's wearing this bodysuit thing that's yep. daddy's girl on the back it's great and, and like it everything is played out perfectly here 
So as much as people could, if they wanted to, yeah. kind of deride this as, oh, Vince putting himself on pay-per-view. One thing I got to say about Vince, anytime he puts himself on pay-per-view, he gets the absolute fuck kicked out of him. <laughs> this is got to give him that. The, the reason that this is like hailed as like one of their the one of the best McMahon things is because for whatever fucking reason, Shane and Vince beat the f- shit out of each other, yeah. like both of them. Yep. And you're like, I can't believe this guy owns this company. <laughs> right. He's willing to do this. Right. Like, right? It's like he takes some serious fucking bumps in this. Yep. You can say what you want about Vince and you'd probably be right. Yeah. But one thing you got to give him is he'll take an ass kicking and there's always fan investment right. in his matches. Mm-hmm. One of the highlights, because it's an emotional roller coaster, right? Vince is a dick, is when Mick Foley has finally had enough and he starts fucking punching Vince. Remember that at one point? <laughs> yeah. He's like, fuck you. Even, even Mick, <laughs> even the ref hates, everyone hates Vince. Right. And then the moment where Linda gets up from her wheelchair, mm-hmm. kicks Vince in the balls, the Pop for that. Watch this. This human being. Wait a minute. Linda rolls from her chair. Linda rolls from her chair. Oh! Run right into the McMahon family duels. And then it culminates in Shane McMahon hitting a Van Terminator with the garbage can. The pop when Shane defeats Vince, that shows you that the match worked. The leg is Every single one of those 67,000 people or whatever, they wanted to see Vince McMahon get his comeuppance. And every single bullshit thing he had done for months, it all fell apart in succession, with, with whether it was Stephanie, Trish, yep. Linda, Shane, and just an ass kicking. Like everything just blew up in his fucking face. And yep. it was lovely. It was. No, it was great. You want to talk about payoffs? This is a payoff. Yep. We then get to TLC2. I don't like this one as much as SummerSlam. Oh, really? Though. Yeah. Oh, I like this one. This one is less, I don't know. This is just spots. I guess so. But this one always took my breath away just because the The spots are great. The spot with Edge spearing Jeff hanging and the way they film it where like you don't see the ring under them and you just see a swath of people, no ropes or anything. That shit is one of the most unbelievable shots of this WrestleMania. No, I agree. I mean, the spots are all memorable and hats off to the three teams, you know, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, and uh, obviously the Hardys. It really is good. I just don't know if I don't, if I like it as much as 2000. If you you pull it out of the comparing it though, you you can't deny that this is like great tell to a lot of people. This is one of the greatest WrestleMania matches. Like the spot people. This is like a top tier (laughs) thing. I'm not kidding. Like there's people, you know, younger guys than us maybe to this day, talk about this shit in reference. No, I agree. And and I remember loving it as a 15 year old. Yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Mm -hmm. it. And then we get a, a come down here, rightfully so. And and a, come down in the best, one. the best way ever. We get the gimmick battle royal, which the match itself is probably shorter than the entrances <laughs> in all seriousness. Like, and they, they pulled everyone out for this one. So we got the Bushwhackers in this. Mm-hmm. Duke the Dumpster. Doink. That's Ray Like a Melly, by the way. Oh, it it's, is? It's not Matt Bourne. Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> Why not? How is in Pennybacks is in this? Right. We got Tugboat. Mm-hmm. Uncle Fred. The Goon. Earthquake, everyone's big pop for him, by How the way. How did they not just have him wrestle regular after this? It's not like he's like, he's only like a year or two removed from being Volga or <laughs> he's, whatever. He's like, Volga. Golga, he's like, sorry. He's like 37 or something. Yeah, he's not, he's not old. There's people in this that, when I look back, aren't old. 
Agreed. Yeah. There's the gobbledygooker, which again, don't you ever tell Hector Guerrero that that's a bad idea. Isn't this isn't Hector though? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, what? No, it's oh, I never knew that. I thought it's this Hector. was just some dork because like, this costume's different or whatever. It, it's a different costume and they, they spell it gobbledygook. They spell it wrong. <laughs> they spell Nikolai wrong too yeah. on the Chiron book. <laughs> the gobbledygooker was a good thing and the author of that idea deserves to be left alone. That was meant for the kids. For no real fucking reason, brother love. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I guess he's there because they're in Houston. Bruce. Oh, true. That makes sense. Michael Hayes. Just Michael Hayes, fuck it. who again, remember, not old, weirdly. No, we, not we, old we, at We've all. been through this already. He's like 41. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I guess Texas. I mean, yeah. he's very well known down in Texas. I wish class. he was Doc in this. That would have made more sense. You're the only person to ever say that. Yeah. One man gang. Excellent. And then Kamala. With Harvey Whippleman and Kimchi. Yeah. Which is great. Everyone's in it. (laughs) Yes. By the way, can we ever notice with Harvey, you can tell that was a last minute thing because he's just like has a clip on tie. Yes. He just like, they're like, hey, Harvey, can you do this? Okay. Because he was still working there in the back. Always. He wasn't probably supposed to be in this thing. (laughs) Right. So that was cute. Jim Cornette. Why not? What? Repo Man. Good. (laughs) Barry Darso getting the paycheck here. Hillbilly Jim looking the same as ever and doing the pose. Yep. You know what I mean. It's great. And then finally, Sergeant Slaughter. Bob Remus himself is here. And obviously, the commentary. We got Mean Gene making his WWF return, mm-hmm. which would have been Gorilla if he was alive, and you know it would have been. Because of the next guy. Bobby Heenan making his WWF return. What? Okay. At this point, can I just say, yeah. yeah, this show, we're like listing, we're going one by one, listing off everything. I know it's taking long, whatever. But this just got Bobby the Brain and Gene on it and yeah. fucking like all this other horse shit. It's yep. like, this show is great. And Bobby Heenan even dropped a memorable, like people still remember his, uh, by the time the Iron Sheik gets to the ring, it'll be WrestleMania 38. Right. Bobby like, the Brain is in classic mode. Yeah. There's a point where they look at Bobby and I can tell he's a little emotional that he's oh, back. Yeah. Like he's like, this is great. By the time the Iron Sheik gets to the ring, it'll be WrestleMania 38. The Sheik wins because he's pretty much incapable of going over the top rope. And literally, like, would have gotten seriously injured. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Dave Meltzer, because he rates things so technically, gave this a dud. Shut up. Which is, like, not the point. It's why David Meltzer shouldn't be trusted with certain things. I wouldn't even rate this. You know what I'm saying? This This doesn't need a rating. This is pure fucking fan service. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's not a dud. Yeah. Anyway. Then... You know what? As we go through, it is a great card, Quinn. It's a I, fantastic. I have <laughs> we're to say to, this. We're rolling in the last two matches here, and what the fuck? Speaking of rolling, it's the Undertaker mm-hmm. rolling in to take on the good version of Triple H and the good version of Undertaker Biker. This yeah. is like the, the better Biker. It's like the last vestiges of the Undertaker being tolerable. Yeah, <laughs> and the last vestiges of Triple H being tolerable too. They have a hell of a fight. These two. They do. Now this. This was not scheduled for no no disqualification, but they kind of the referee just kind of gives leeway and they beat the fuck out of each other all over the arena. Yep, that lighting rig bump or whatever that, it is, audio that bump, bump. That bump at that point, I was like, I love this match. Me too. Like I love it. And there's some really good false finishes where when they're back in the ring, Taker goes for the last ride, which was his finisher at the time. But Triple H has the sledge. He grabs sledgy at the last minute. And is that what he calls it? I think nowadays it's creative. People were already calling it that back then. Why do they have to name it? Because. Fuck it. Whatever. Right. Anyway, it's just like an affectionate name for it. And he just fucking... He conks the Undertaker on the yeah. head. 
I thought that was going to be I it. I really, I, at the time, I was like, oh, that's it. He can't survive. I mean, this is like he's pinning him too quickly after right. it. But then you're like, wait a sec, it's a fucking Undertaker. I like know. That when he pin, when he kicks out, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, he's an undead zombie yeah. wizard still, still under the biker clothes. He just like, has a new hobby. Yeah. <laughs> but they weren't playing up the streak too much yet. Yeah. So it was conceivable, and Triple H was damn near invincible mm-hmm. for this run. It was conceivable Triple H would win. I've heard the rumor, it might be true, that Triple H was supposed to win, but Shawn Michaels like showed up backstage shortly before like, us. No. <laughs> <laughs> Get your friend the fuck out of yeah. here. And honestly, when The Undertaker soundly finishes off Triple H, it was actually, for me at the time, especially how annoying Triple H was and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was extremely satisfying when Taker beat him and that great music plays and he puts the hand up and just fucking leaves. Yep. And I was like, Fuck off, Triple H. Like, I, I remember, like, standing up in the room, like, oh, yeah. like, like being like, oh, like, it's just like this annoying butthole. It's like, finally, The Undertaker, like, put him in his place. It was a damn good match, yeah, too. It, it really is. It really is. And then we have the main event, which, again, we've talked about it. We've talked about it several times. We talked about it in our WrestleMania main events ranking. We talked about mm-hmm. it in best WrestleMania's ranking. Bullet points. At the beginning of the match, it's suddenly announced there's no DQ. Yes, and Paul J- Heyman's reaction to that is very good. Too. JR's. JR's too. and Paul yeah. is perfect. The Rock, even though he's a big face, we're in Texas, Austin's home state, mm. The Rock gets booed. He plays the heel for the match then. Why the fuck Austin not? Austin storms out. Everyone loves him. Yep, hometown hero. They have a, a match that I don't love as much as Quinn because I just don't, okay? I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't have to. And I, I have always disagreed on this. <laughs> I don't have to agree on I, this. I, I greatly enjoy this I match. I like it. Yeah. The thing that really stands out to me is I think this is the best use of the the big brawl style that I've ever seen since. The style that Austin kind of turned into his own. This yeah, by big, default. big arena, big yeah. big brawl style. It's the glam metal of wrestling, yeah. if you will. It this, is. To me, this is the best extension of it. Like This is the, okay. the best I've ever seen it done. So we don't need to get into the details of the match too much, other than they do a lot of finisher reversals. They do each yep. other's finishers, which I fucking hate. I just do. Yeah, it just <laughs> hadn't been done like that yet. In WWF, now it hadn't. That's why it was impressive, and it, that, it felt like a capstone on this this time period. Agreed. Too. Yeah, that, that, I think that was the purpose of it. I agree with all, yeah. with, with all of that. Pulling out all the stops, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And we get to the point where Vince McMahon is now out there. What happens, Quinn? So Vince comes out. And this gets super weird because at first you're like, whose side is he on? You're legitimately like, that's not a Bobby the Brain joke. You're like, why is he here? So he starts helping and it seems like, is he helping the rock? Is he helping? You're not, you're confused at first because sometimes the rock's getting hurt. Sometimes Stone Cold's getting hurt by what Vince is doing. And then finally it just becomes, it slowly eventually becomes very overt that Vince is helping Austin. What I think is impressive how they did this. First of all, the rock goes down strong. Oh yeah, they beat the utter fuck out of him, and he he starts kicking out, and you're like, oh my god, is the Rock gonna like survive this right. shit? Right? He starts like, and the crowd is popping every time the Rock's get the right. crowd has turned to the Rock's side, yeah. and like he keeps getting out of shit, and they're like, oh my god, he's gonna survive yeah. this onslaught or whatever. And then finally, Austin in the best, this is the best fuck it moment. Yeah. I've, I've never seen it done this well because this is something I've always wanted a wrestler to do. Right? It's yes. like if it's not fucking working, he just endlessly like for the for a very awkwardly long amount of time like hits him with a chair over and over and over yep. and over and over and over and over and over and yep. over and over and over again until the rock just can't get up anymore yes and then 
He pins him. And then Austin shakes hands with Vince. And JR. And I've explained many times why I like this. I because it. I like it because... I hate it. Honestly, the way the attitude, the shades of gray, yada, like yada, it. yada. To me, this is the perfect ending. This is the, if you can't beat him, join him. And this is the shades of gray kind of finish. And the fans it. didn't it, like it. See, I always think that that's revisionist history. I, I think, I think the, the ratings time, reflected that. Quinn. I think at the time, the crowd wanted to see what would happen next. That is not in dispute. And then they um, did, and then they were like, I don't like right. this. I think how it was handled is what, not the actual execution of this. I think a lot of people stopped watching in 2001, 2002. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, but I also am in total agreement that yeah. the post-handling of it was bad. It was. And the invasion really yeah. mucked everything I up. I think this could have been so... This could have been a total boon to how they wrote everything and could have been very cool. It could have and been. And they just fucked up. I That's agree. all. That's all what my saying is. I don't think this thing is bad. I think what they did after is bad. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so with that said, folks, I know we ran a little long on this one, but we had to get into the details here. It's ranking time. This is a very important one in the rankings. This it will, is. This is going to matter, yeah. I think. So at number one is WrestleMania 3, number two is Royal Rumble 92, three mm-hmm. is WrestleMania 6, and four is SummerSlam 91. For Canadian Stampede, it's a tough one for me because on one hand, you have every match is good. Yeah. Literally, every match is good, but there's only four. On another hand, I don't know how many hands we have, but at least two. Many. <laughs> it's a minor event. Mm-hmm. However, the ranking here is not major pay-per-views. It's all pay-per-views. So, I mean, for $14.95 or $19.95 or whatever they were charging for this one, start to finish, you get a kick-ass, entertaining, fun show without any dead spots, practically. Yeah. And every match is different. It's something for everybody. Hometown crowds. I almost want to at least put it above SummerSlam 91. I struggle with that, but I can understand it, too. Maybe it, like, etches it, like, slightly, just because it's so... Both are very feel-good. My main reason why SummerSlam cannot go higher... Is the main event is a wedding is poor and a shitty tag match. Yeah, attraction house show match. Yeah. Now Canadian Stampede is an attraction match, but it's in the right place at the right time. You know what I'm saying? It's part of a larger thing. And all ten guys in it are over me. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. no, they are they're all over. True. The Hart Foundation's over and the whole other team is over. I'm there. I can't say it's better than WrestleMania six. Let's be Okay, well then what is your answer for the match quality? The match quality Obviously, is a little bit better in Canadian Stampede, but a I, lot better. If Quinn. I compare those main events, that's not even that's not even close. Even from I like the WrestleMania Six main event better than the Canadian Stampede thing. Um, I just do. I do too. Like I, I don't I know do what too. else to say. And, and am I the biggest Bret Hart fan? You know, yeah. And I still like the WrestleMania Six main event better. Mm-hmm. If we're strictly doing star ratings, then why are we doing the show? Yeah. Just go to one of those fucking spreadsheets that has all this data already and sort it but this by is new highest. Data, Joe. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if we're going average star rating, yeah, Canadian Stampede's better than probably everything on here so far. But it's also the most minor show on here. Yeah. True. So I'm giving it a lift above SummerSlam okay. because I think it deserves it. Fair. But I can't lift it above WrestleMania 6. It's a fucking WrestleMania. Yeah. And that does play a part. Not only that, look at the main event of WrestleMania 6. It's very good. Look at it! Yeah. It's, look it's, at it. It's one of the better main events ever. Okay. So, again, which one has better wrestling matches? Canadian Stampede. Okay, you guys win that one. It ain't going higher than it's WrestleMania got 6. Great Sasaki. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's like what Dave would say. Cool. Yeah. Did any of that card matter? No, no, not at all. 
Number four is very generous for in yeah. your house. It's super generous. I don't know any other in your house that's going to make it that high. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So, mm-hmm. WrestleMania X7, Joe. Now, after you went through all that, you like, even like in the middle of it, you're like, this is a pretty damn good car. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> I agree. It's like, this is pretty fucking good. I agree. And I find it interesting. It's got good pacing. What I really like that it does is the first matches, it's up, down, up, down, up, down. And then it hits the, the McMahons and then it's sky high all the way it's like prepped you right and they, yeah and they like, give you one last come down with the gimmick battle royal right in the middle of the like the we're oh no we have too many good matches right, right part we, we, that's a real thing though because yeah. if everything is if everything is high 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 then the crowd gets burning like everything starts to blend together so you right. do need the pacing's fantastic it's on one of the show. best pacing wrestlemanias ever period right. Even the older WrestleManias, they feel like a lot of collection of just weird superstars matches that are here. Yeah, but some of these could say weird Raw matches. Yeah. Like, come on, Eddie versus Test. Well, right, but what Jericho I mean to say, what I mean to say is don't that, do that most most WrestleManias don't hit a point in the show where they just literally like a rocket fucking takes off. That's different to me. Agreed. I think that's why this show gets such a claim. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's run it up the ladder. Is it better than SummerSlam 91? Yes. Is it better than Canadian Stampede? Yes. Is it better than WrestleMania 6? I think it is. Why? Because I think the pacing's better. I think the match lineup is better. I think everything about it is better. Both are... Oh, these WrestleMania 6 and 17 are very like parallel shows because we've talked about this, about how they're both end of an era. But I think 17 is like... If WrestleMania 6 is the first time they ended an era like this with a big pay-per-view, 17, it's like they learned... How to do that? I guess I don't know if they meant to. End they the probably Attitude wasn't, era, but when you end an era, it's usually unintentional, right? But when you also when you end an era, you've learned how to use your roster in such a way perfectly that you have that kind of show to pop out. Yeah, I mean they they had a lot of good stuff going on here at WrestleMania 17. It's still not one of my favorites. I don't think. I mean, I li- I like six more than it. I don't like the ending to 17 at all. I think I really hate it. But the thing that I always say about the ending of 17, love or hate, it fits the era it represents. I agree with that. That is absolutely what it does. I agree with that, but I still don't like that era as much as six. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? I I don't think you could begrudge the show because of that. I can do what I want, but I'm going to try to be fair. (laughs) I don't think Austin and Rock is as intriguing as Hogan Warrior. Uh, Intriguing on paper. Maybe we not. We had seen Austin Rock Maybe before. not. But I personally think that that, of all the Austin Rock matches, it's my favorite one. Same here. I Same here. Can I just say, like, we, we just skip right over it, but the part where Austin uses the fucking million dollar dream, like, all of a sudden the match, like, endeared me forever. I was I just like, it. that is some That's callback good. ass shit that, like, I always want to see in a wrestling. I love and callbacks. It, yeah, like, when you are aware of the character that you are playing and everything that they've ever fucking done, that is, like, some top-tier ass shit in the main event. Won't argue. I am okay with putting 17 above 6, Quinn. I'm not going to try to fight you Fine. on that. I agree. I want to make it clear why. It's because of the overall card... It's a hard card to compete with for any pay-per-view. The only thing, in my opinion, that Six has over it, besides the nostalgia factor, Mm -hmm. because people that don't like anything after the Attitude Era are going to fucking disagree with us, and what are we going to do about it? I I (laughs) totally understand, yeah. I like 1990 better than 2001. I like WrestleMania Six better. I like it better. But if I'm trying to look scientifically here, in terms of overall as a pay-per-view, 
it's very, very, very tough to justify putting six above 17. Other than I hate the fucking ending to 17, but I'm going to go with you. Fine. Okay. Royal Rumble, I think we got to put it above. Yeah. The card alone beats the Royal Rumble. If you consider it contextually, yeah. This is a hell of a fucking card, Joe. I know. Like, this is, I can't get over when you actually break it down. And I feel like we've broken it down before in the past. We have. Again, it always like jaw drops when I look at this card. Like, I can't believe how well booked it is. Unfortunately, it was all downhill from there. Right. Same could be said about WrestleMania 6, although they climbed back up. Yeah. This is the, this is to me. Three versus 17. This is the total, like, it really just depends on the era you're from. It's like not fair to me that Wrestle. See, you know why I think it's not fair that WrestleMania three always gets this de facto number one is because I feel the execution on seventeen is so much better. I don't know if I agree with that, but I you got to understand something. When we did the royal rankings of WrestleManias about two years ago, two and a half years ago, you got your way, and seventeen went above three. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to let you have it this time. We're talking pay-per-views now. My, my vision has changed. And it's been two and a half years. Yeah. WrestleMania 3 does not have the wrestling quality that 17 does. Mm-hmm. But in 1987, you didn't need that. There was no precedent in the I WWF. Say, I would say 3 has the better wrestling match of all the wrestling matches I think on, on any of these cards. Savage Steamboat is very good. Yeah. And I'm not even just putting it above it because of Hogan Andre. You know, I know we've talked about that ad nauseum, right? Yeah. But Hogan Andre on paper at that time in 1987 is still a bigger deal than Austin Rock, I think. I will say this about WrestleMania 3. This is a good thing. I think going into it, people knew it was going to be a big deal. Whereas WrestleMania 17, I don't think people knew how great this card would be until it played out at the end. I guess. like Because I remember that. I remember going into 17 and not thinking, this is obviously going to be the greatest WrestleMania of all time. But then I remember the minute it was over, reading Scott Keith's review of it, (laughs) like within hours, and Scott even going like, this shit was best unf- pay-per-view ever. I think best pay-per-view I've ever seen. Like it's unbelievable. No, I uh, know. And a lot of people felt that way at the time. Yeah. And I was one of them. Yeah. Same, but it's been 20 years. Right. And, uh, I didn't see WrestleMania three when it happened. <laughs> I think that, yeah. But I think that's an important thing. At Res- when WrestleMania three was done, we've been told this by many people at the time, people knew the expectation for three was super high and it met it. Whereas seven didn't have that expectation 17. and it, or I'm sorry, 17 had, didn't have that expectation and it far exceeded the what ending, anyone expected. The ending wasn't good. The ending is debatable to me though, which is fine. I mean, obviously like you can say that that's a point in WrestleMania three's favor is that the ending is debatable. Like I think it's, it's the most interesting way you could have ended the attitude there. I've always st- stood by that. I think like, it's crappy. Yeah. I think it's a, a poorly conceived and poorly executed idea. I really do, and I think history agrees with me. I just don't think it had legs for a writing thing. Like, no, if it did, yeah. it might have, but not in those hands. Not in Stephanie and whoever the fuck was writing. Yeah, exactly. in two thousand one. If the if the right people were in place to write it, imagine the gold mine that would have been for fucking Vince Russo. I don't even know if Russo would have. I don't, don't want to Brian think about Gershwitz or whoever. It's not Brian. First of all, it's Brian Gewirtz. Second of all, are you thinking of uh, the guy that I really like? Yeah, 
Chris Kresge. Chris Kresge. Yeah, yeah. He was gone, though. Or yeah. if he was there, he was like demoted because Stephanie's like, I do it now. Yeah. And everyone's like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's still what they say. Yeah. And to me, this represents that. Yeah. And let's not get too carried away about the card. Nobody gives a shit about Eddie versus Test. Nobody gives a shit about China versus Ivory or the APA right to censor thing or the opener. <laughs> and you know it. But. I know. You, there's like very you, big even, standout things. Even you agreed that what that was doing was very good. Yes. Like from card execution, what, yeah. what that up, down, up, down, like you can literally like graph it. I know. Like what they were doing. WrestleMania 3 might not have the wrestling quality. I mean, obviously it has Savage Steamboat and it might not have as much emotional, but it does have the Piper mm-hmm. Adonis thing, which is really big and probably gets overlooked these days. I say, I agree with that. It's got Savage Steamboat and it's got the main event. It's got like three pillars in the show. This has got more big things. Sometimes it's, less is more, though. To me, I just think that this show, the reason I've always sided with it is because I think I keep saying execution, but what I really like is that it sets a base where it goes up, down, up, down, up, down, and then McMahon's skyrocket. It's well done. And how that lands on the watcher, you've come out of it feeling like I just watched the greatest shit I've ever seen. Unless you were like, why did Austin, why is he a bad guy now? That is the aging aspect, Joe, because you're looking at it from the eyes of somebody that somebody that's looking at it from 30 years, 20 years later, whatever. Well, that's what we do on this show. I understand that. But at the time... I remember being like, wow, what the fuck's going to happen on Raw tomorrow? Like, Yeah, it sucked what they yeah, did on Raw yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> Triple H could have come out and been a big face, but instead he teams with Austin, drags down everything, and people stop watching. And it all goes back to Triple H. At least at, <laughs> rest- I know, right? at least at WrestleMania 3, Hogan wins. There's no fucking bullshit. Yeah, that's true. Body slammed no, him, pinned I, him. I, I will give you that. Again, I, I this like, is such a this is always this We've has always this been before. like an endless fucking debate about these two. And the thing is, is I like to be fair. I know a good chunk of our fans are like, "Yo, fuck anything after 1990, whatever." To me, which is totally an unfair assessment Agreed. of the situation. And then some of our fans go too far in the other direction and are too concerned. Match. Send your cards and letters to LVP Podcast Headquarters, care of Joe Marotta, PO Box Four and Three Quarters, Ogden, Utah match and that's okay too i don't judge anyone for that i feel there i try to be fair here. i feel there isn't enough of a contingent that genuinely enjoys the attitude era i don't think it's that enjoyable hmm. i really don't like it as much as i like the shit before i'm not saying the new gen is good but i'm saying like the 80s into early yeah. 90 that's not the best era quinn of I think, wwf i think that the attitude era needs closer analysis in all honesty because i, I ain't th- doing it we aren't doing it but <laughs> I, I'm saying that I really do think it's it's completely like misconstrued like what it is and like depends on who you ask. Yeah. It's great television. That's for damn sure. Of its time though, I don't know how it holds up to this day. Seriously. I don't know how it holds up. I don't know because I don't rewatch the attitude era, which like should it's tell that, you something. It feels like it's that Bill Watts show every single week on uh, like that's really what it is. Like it's Maybe it's fucking that crazy UWF shit, like on a week week to week basis. But anyway. We're getting we're going off track here. The point is is that I could go with you on WrestleMania three, but I you know how I really feel. That's all. I'd have to say the same for you though, if I yeah. put seventeen above three. Yes, it has bigger moments and spots and people flying through tables, but in nineteen eighty seven you didn't need any of that. A guy cutting the hair was enough. The feud over a chain in the full Nelson was enough. 
that IC title match, which looks tame compared to they, was like state of the art for 87. Can I ask you this? What? Just, just a, I think this is the real thing. What? That's, that's basically the whole, this is the whole thing. Are you really, is it really just because of Stone Cold, the rock ending? Is that, that like all of a sudden the whole show is just disqualified from being good? That to me, it always feels like that's the, that's the thing. If that did, if that just had a happy Austin wins ending or something, you would never, ever, you'd be like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. With that, you wouldn't even question it. You know what? Yeah. yeah like, and that hey, matters. Yeah. It matters. Where I find that like to be the more, oh, that's fascinating, right? Is like, that's like, wow, that's what an actual interesting choice. You see it as just broken. If Andre had won at WrestleMania three, that might have changed everything too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the ending does matter. Right. And how they execute stuff does can be a make or break, sure. I also don't think the rest of the card is, well, you got to get away from this, like, everything is good. No, it's not everything it's is good. It's just that but, nothing is bad. But all, I've, all I'm getting at is that I think it crosses a certain point, and then it just, it, do. it, doesn't, I, I it, doesn't, it doesn't let go at that point. I agree with that. Yeah. <sighs> I don't care. I'll give it to you, Quinn. I don't feel like arguing. I'll, I'll take shit. All right. Fine. I'll do it. I want to be consistent. We put it above it when we did WrestleManias. That's fair. I like three better. And I think I, I even will. said at the time. I, I It's I, preference. It's, it's preference, yeah. But I think on a technical perspective, we're judging pay-per-views, yada, yada, yada. <sighs> yeah. All right. WrestleMania X7, yep. number one. All right. Thrilled about this. <laughs> anyway, for this week here. <laughs> number one, WrestleMania 17. Number two, WrestleMania 3. Three, Royal Rumble 92. Four, WrestleMania 6. Five, Canadian Stampede, and six, the SummerSlam 91. I am a defeated Joe Marana asking you to please plead my case for WrestleMania <laughs> 3. On Facebook, tag Michael Quinn in all of your posts. And if you agree with him, that's fine, too. I don't, but what am I going to do? Anyway, when we come back, we're marching to a different WrestleMania. It's not 3, and it's not 17. Marching to WrestleMania 10. That'll be coming up right after this. Austin and Vince together for even a second. I knew it was going to get people. It's like, okay, it's like um, when Bobby Ewing died and came back to life a year later, I knew that it's like Dallas was still popular, but they were going downhill, right? It's too much. Mm-hmm. You can't kill somebody and then have it be a dream for a year. You can't put Austin and Vince McMahon together on the same page. The people will not accept it. They, they nosedived in 2001. I mean, they were so hot until that WrestleMania, and it was, you know, from that, you know, not that, you know, it, it didn't hit immediately but it was uh you know that year with austin as a heel and the merchandise went you know or austin's merchandise went way 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 down it was just a the attendance went way way down they were going from selling out buildings to to doing eight thousand you know which isn't by today i'm sure they'd love to do eight thousand but that's what they went to and the the bloom was off the rose and they never they never ever as far as there were bigger wrestlemanias than 2001 but wrestling was never again as hot as it was that day when he did that turn and he did that and he went with Vince. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. 
and uh, we're back for 245. Uh, Joe is still distraught over here about um, this ranking. I briefly walked out. He, he almost left. That might have been the end of this show. 245, halfway through, might have been the last episode. Yeah. No, like, no review. But then I, um, much like Bret Hart in 1991, trying to go to WCW, I took a look and I saw my contract and you, I have you saw to do your this. options. Yeah, so then, here I am. Everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's my options. They weren't good. Anyway, welcome back, everyone, to 245. Like Quinn said, Quinn, we're reviewing something. Yes. So, uh, you guys can make suggestions here. On our Facebook group, there is a suggestion post. It's called Specific Episode Review Requests in the Announcements tab or the Pin Post tab. Put something in. It's got to be one hour or less, and Richard Land is doing our review schedule. Yes. We're not. However, this is something that we talked about doing a while back, which is we wanted to do these countdown or whatever, the hype shows for the major pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah, that, that are well overdue by this yeah. point. They're not good anymore. But uh, we figured we'd do this one. This is the one-hour version. There was a two-hour version the day before. It's March to WrestleMania 10, and it was aired in place, or in the raw time slot, March 14th, 94. Six days before WrestleMania 10. Mm-hmm. Okay? What is going on here, as you guys all know, and you're going to find out all about uh, next weekend, is we've got Yokozuna, still the world champion. He's going to have two title matches. The first one he'll have is against Lex Luger. Meanwhile, Brett's going to take on Owen Hart earlier in the show. To be fair. Yep. The winner of Lex Luger versus Yokozuna, whoever the champion is, will take on Brett Hart in the main event at the end of the show. Meanwhile, we got the ladder match, bro. Okay. Shauna Razor, Savage Crush. Those are the big storylines going into this. So without any further ado, into the decline we go. Although they're climbing out, they're declining. This is their like little peak out of the decline. They're trying. They decline. Yeah, and then they decline again. Yeah, big time. Let's go to the March to WrestleMania 10, one-hour version, March 14th, 1994, and we get the standard Raw intro, and then we're joined, Quinn, you know, from the Hogan retirement room with Vince McMahon and Johnny Polo. In the All-American room. Yeah. It's also that one, all decked in Raw posters, not WrestleMania, (laughs) and photos of Lex, Yoko, and Brett. Like, what? What? For a countdown of WrestleMania 10, there says nothing about WrestleMania 10 in the background. Yeah, it just says Raw. Yeah. (laughs) Weird. Two spots, too. Two spots. So, John... Johnny Polo, folks, immediately calls Vince Vic. And I feel comfortable. Yes, this is the uh, famous, it's not Vic, it's Vince. And whatever, Vic. I'm Vince McMahon, along with our guest, Johnny Polo. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Vic, wait a minute here. It's not Vic, it's Vince. Whatever, Vic. Polo then does a very over-the-top Vince McMahon impression. Man, I love it when you go, this is Monday Night Raw! And I'm glad, Quinn, this is the same high production values as the Survivor Series showdown in this room. Mm-hmm. It's the same shit where they're like barely trying. This is like cookie cutter. It is, man. It's just Vince going into like salesman mode. Yep. It's one of the best things ever, you know. Good thing. It's Order a good it thing. now. <laughs> anyway, Vic tells us that we're going to see some matches tonight. I can't spoil them, but the theme seems to be we're going to see the main event people, yeah, basically, from basically. WrestleMania. Yeah, that's all. Polo says jaundice Jack Tunney, which is a good line. Jaundice Jack Tunney. Anyway, we throw to Lex Luger entering the ring. In some rec center where I can see the wall. This place is tiny, Joe. You want to know where we are? I looked it up. We are in Liberty, New York. Which where is even is that? In the boonies of New yeah. York, right? In their high school. <laughs> the Liberty High School gym. That's oh where goodness. we are. Uh, great way to hype WrestleMania, yeah. by the way. It'll be a big show. Yeah, it'll be Not great. Like this. <laughs> so Gorilla Monsoon is on commentary from the Stanford, Connecticut booth, and joining him is Stan Lane. Well, I like that due to the fat comment that one. I love this team. <laughs> They're a fun team, actually. Yeah. They actually are. 
They're jolly. They're okay. Speaking of jolly, Luger is all happy here in this dump in the boonies here. Stupid New Jersey. As he storms out, still using stars and stripes forever. I don't know how. <sighs> that that shit is long since over. So hokey. Yeah. Little Yankee doodle dumbass over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Lane thinks Luger looks great. The ceiling looks good too, though. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Rogers on yeah. that one. Uh, his opponent in the ring with Dr. Tom and Jim Cornette is Jimmy Del Rey. Ugh, yuck. Also, Dr. Tom in a windbreaker. <laughs> what? Is happening here. Is that here. to make him look dumpier? All of this looks dump. It does. You want to buy WrestleMania? Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> what? That, was, <laughs> that, that whole team, I can't believe they're still around. The in, bodies? In, oh. Near WrestleMania? They're there until like 95. Oh my goodness. Anyway, Earl Durrell's going to be our official. The ceiling is so close. It's concerning, Joe. Yeah. It looks like they're going to hit their heads. It's so close. You can see the, ga- the like the crane gantry or whatever yeah, up there. It's bad. I, it's literally if someone jumps off the top, I'm not sure if they <laughs> they're gonna hit their head. And to show you how much they care about this, a proud Coliseum video banner <laughs> is seen <laughs> hanging the yep. whole time. Uh, I'm starting to think, hanging very low, <laughs> very low. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm starting to think, Quinn. Maybe Luger's not going to win the world title anytime soon. We'll see. Okay, he's we'll still see. he's still in the mix. Joe. He is in the mix there, Michael. So Mike and Amanda, so we'll be in the mix. We get a bell and a gigolo swivels. This feels like a good times home video quality, honestly. With the commentary and the match we're if watching. If you've ever seen those, those are like, they're real, like, it's not even good enough for Coliseum. Hi, this is Gorilla Monsoon, and I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's some fucking matches, I don't know. Hello, everyone, I'm Gorilla Monsoon, and welcome to this tremendous tape, which is entitled, WrestleMania's Greatest Matches. Anyway, Luger poses, so Del Rey backs off into the corner. Del Rey is good. <laughs> he really is talented. But what are they going to do with them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's all. Circle lockup side headlock by Del Rey. Gorilla, by the way, in case you were curious, he's the one doing play-by-play. Sometimes Lane does. That's Gorilla here. Shoulder block by Luger. This jobber isn't even remotely a threat to Lex. Yeah, there's no intrigue here. Yeah. One half of the heavenly bodies. Are we serious? Not even the good half. I like him. I mean, I like Dr. Dr. Tom's Tom. better. Yeah, I know. And better talker than Cornette, too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Lock up again. Side headlock again. Shove it by Luger. Another shoulder block. USA chant for uh, country identification purposes. Cornette isn't wearing glasses for the record. Gorilla notes that, you know, he's very surprised that Mr. Fuji's not out there. Because he runs everything, as I've explained many times. You go here. Yeah. <laughs> Do that, Yoko. You'll from me, Jim Cornette. <laughs> It's true. Fuji yeah. the one hired him. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Hip toss by Jimmy is blocked. 360 over the top. Clothesline by Luger. Circle lockup. Delray hits R, which is the eye gouge. Uh, Irish whip reversed by Luger. Duck under by Jiggle. Crummy. Awful press slam by Luger. Nothing going on here. Mm-hmm. Double leg slingshot and a right hand by Luger off the ropes. Delray ducks it. Luger tumbles out of the ring. Luger looks awful for the record. And what, what I mean by that is not his physique. Just flat. Yeah. Uninspired. No charisma. Like he knows he's not going to um it. <laughs> Yeah, really. Just poor. Anyway, mm-hmm. Pritchard happily wanders over in his windbreaker and body slams Luger on the mat. And then we blatantly clip out shit while the commentary is still going. Yeah, you know? it's very odd. Yeah, it's not like a where the commentary stops. Don't worry, you'll get to see the rest of it on Good Time, some video. <laughs> yeah, seriously. If you care about this, you know this is on some horse shit video. I'm sure it is, like Wham Bam Body Slam or one of those <laughs> yeah. bullshit ones with Stan. Best matches of 1994 <laughs> like, or something. <laughs> They don't even care. No one cares here. Del Rey is now up top suddenly. Luger's in the ring and a moonsault misses. All the way up top turnbuckle. Oh, Oh, no. He missed that moonsault. I like how they just chopped out what was probably like four minutes of nothing. Just to, and you know what the funniest part about it is? It makes the whole, it makes Jimmy Del Rey look like he never got offense once. Yeah, because that was probably his whole heat segment they chopped out. It's all gone. Yep. 
Elbows by Luger, big right Irish whip, back elbow, Irish whip again, head down, back body drop by Luger, Pritchard's on the apron, and he gets punched, clothesline by Luger, Irish whip again, power slam, and he signals for the rebel rack? The torture rack in WF, that's weird. Yep, and it gets the win. Gorilla called it a backbreaker, by the way. Backbreaker! I'm not backbreaker! Yeah. Yeah, by the way, great time to debut your new finisher, when you're about to fight Yokozuna, who you can't do it on. On some show that probably nobody watched. Yeah. Like, oh, it's... (laughs) What is this? This isn't raw. And then they just flip to like whatever. (laughs) Anyway, this sucked butt and it wasn't Del Rey's fault. Let me put it that way. Cornette then sneaks in and tries to use his tennis racket. Luger turns around, takes the racket, and Cornette hilariously begs off the court. (laughs) Fine with this. Luger then spanks him on the butt. And I'm going to say, this is one of those situations where Cornette actually deserved it because he did try to sneak attack him. He did. He got got his just desserts. Yes, he did. This is not a the heel is right situation. No, he's wrong here. And Gorilla, and there it is, 15 love. (laughs) And there it is, 15 love. By the way, Quinn, Bill Dunn was the ring announcer, but he's barely audible. Over I didn't the... even, I didn't know there was a ring announcer. A lot of times they just like, all of a sudden the match is happening. Yeah, you can barely hear him over under Gorilla on stand. He's like, yeah. Lex Luger. More on Bill Dunn this weekend. Anyway, Luger poses as people recline against the wall. Hi again, Andrew Rogers. The guy against the wall is wearing like a doink shirt. Like I can see him. Very old, big. Like, it was a size just, medium. You could see the tag hanging I out. I can see all the details. This arena is teeny tiny it is and the wall- I, arena is not even the right word for it no it's a like, gymnasium yeah it literally is anyway suddenly yokozuna and mr fuji waddle out but a bunch of referees are there to scold them so they just leave after a minute at least yoko looked all confident i'll give he, him that he did because he knows he's not losing to this jabroni <laughs> <laughs> anyway very mediocre all yeah, of this it's not good so gorilla now plugs quinn the wrestlemania 10 hotline all high pitch he needs to calm down <laughs> i wrestlemania it's got call it! Boy, it is hot in here, and the hotline is also hot. That's the WrestleMania 10 hotline. 1-900-454-4WWF, and you can hear daily interviews and predictions from WWF they superstars. Are the predictions? Are those daily also? I doubt it. These are just creative ways to waste your parents' money. Yep. We need more. fifty a minute. We're not doing well. We're in a high school gym. Yeah. We need the money, Somebody's got to pay for these gyms. <laughs> And the tater tots and yeah. shit. That, is that what catering is? Like the school How much lunches? does it cost to, to rent the high school gym for the night? Like 500 bucks. Not even, probably. <laughs> 150 Something like that. In Liberty, New York, maybe yeah. 150 Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's $1.49 for the first minute, 99 cents each additional minute. Oh, and plus you get backstage gossip from Stan Lane, just what I've always wanted. Ooh. Adam Bomb uh, is changing his socks here. Yeah. <laughs> Put his Ray Rougeau on there. Hi, how are you? I am here with Crush, who will mm-hmm. be taking on Randy Savage. They just have him talk all slow, waste yeah. all the fucking time here. And, <laughs> sorry. Hey, hey, I'm going to win at WrestleMania. I'm going to be Randy Savage, brother. <laughs> you know, if you keep listening, you're going to pay another $1.50. So please keep listening. And speaking of pay, brother, Randy Savage is going to pray. Oh, Crush, what are you going to do? Anyway, apparently <laughs> Owen Hart has been on the hotline all day, we're told. By acting all confident as fuck. <laughs> yep. right? I'm going to beat you, brother. Mm-hmm. Stu won't be happy about that phone bill. Mm-hmm. Why you spend so much money on the hotline? Anyway, Vince acts like... It was a rotary phone. <laughs> He's got the two-piece one yeah. with the, the separate earpiece. That <laughs> they installed this in 1912. I, I, I don't want to get rid of it because it's free. 
It works. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Vin, we're back in the studio here. Vince is acting like Luger is all ready and, and good and that he's going to win the world title at WrestleMania, but I don't think he will. Speaking of confidence, did you see the look on Lex Luger's face? He is ready for Yokozuna. He's ready for this Sunday afternoon at WrestleMania. Polo now plugs the history of WrestleMania magazine and says, next year, I'm going to be in it, Vic. Chill. <laughs> Next year, he's going to be in ECW, yeah, he's Vic. Gonna, he's going to be making history in ECW. There you he's go. The first cool character <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, whatever he is. We now get a very loud promo from Little Richard. <laughs> what is this? There's like a fucking funeral organ playing behind him or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna be a WrestleMania. <laughs> He's so WrestleMania. Like it's, it's all so real. Loud. Yeah. There's a whole lot of wild men in the world wrestling competition, but you ain't seen nothing until they see me, the original wild man of rock and roll. Vince <laughs> mentions that he'll be singing "America the Beautiful" live. Not really sure about that live part. Anyway, be sure to watch All American on the day of WrestleMania what? with Vince and Todd. And then Polo, he, he says, Todd Petergood, which is tremendous. I appreciate that. That Todd Petergood, he's always trying to suck up to the celebrities' pet and gill. Whatever. Listen, Vic, I'm telling you. He's also the one that came up with Toad Petty Poop. Yeah. That's Johnny <laughs> that's, Polo. That's the best one. Yeah. But Todd Petergood? I don't even know. Like, where did, where, what recesses of fucking Scott, Raven, Levy. Scott Levy's mind does some of this shit come from? It's great, man. He then says Vic again and doesn't give a shit. Polo's the best part of this show so far. It, it is. Anyway, watch All American, okay? Now back to ringside where Bret Hart is entering to a decidedly better reaction than Lex Luger. Yeah, they're very happy to see him. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it doesn't suck now. Right. And he's in his standard 94 gear. Gorilla is so loud as he throws us to Bray. We're going to be back in a minute. Don't you dare go away. We'll be back within in a moment. <laughs> Promotional consideration is paid for by Lex Luger for Vince McMahon failures. Like a pro brand steroids. <laughs> Jurassic Park action figures. I never liked these. Me neither. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Street Fighter for Sega is going to beat the living fuck out of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I thought this was funny. They like just going right after him this I time. I love it. Yep. It's like, you know what, Mortal Kombat? Fuck you. <laughs> we, got, we got fucking Hurricane Kick, you know? <laughs> Suck it. Hurricane Kick. We're back at ringside now where Crush is in the ring asking for a test of strength already. Zero <laughs> entrance for Crush. He's just, now it's, it's starting. We didn't even get, like, the bell. I didn't, they didn't even tell us it was Crush. <laughs> for the people who don't know. Right. Anyway, we didn't need to see his entrance, in all honesty. Earl Fuck is going to be a referee here. I'm still mad about WrestleMania 17, Quinn. What? As Crush is the advantage quickly. Fuji is at ringside, of course. Waving the flag all happy. Ha ha ha, Crush. Uh, Brett cannot power out of this, so he just leverages out reverses. Nicely done. Crush makes the ropes like a big baby. Mm -hmm. And then he gets a cheap shot before bailing out to recover with Fuji. Back in, Crush charges, misses Brett with the big rights. Off the ropes, heart attack, clothesline. Hot take for you, Quinn, but this is better than Lex Luger. It is. Bret Hart, yeah, a little better. It's not much better. It's just like a match, but it's it, much it, better. he's more popular. That's it's just really a better choice, right? Yeah. And if we're being honest. Yeah. Cover gets one. Brett hops on the back for the sleeper. I, and he knows it. He knows the sleeper. That's right. Imagine Savage on commentary. <laughs> I didn't know he knew that. I didn't know. I'm going to do that to Crush. I don't know it, though. Uh, Crush grabs the hair and escapes, but misses a leg drop. Right off the ropes, back elbow sends Crush to the like floor. Like a big dork. Fucking <laughs> doofus, right? Crush looks crappy here. <laughs> crappy Crush. Uh, we go to break and come back with Brett trying a crossbody in the ring, but Crush catches him in a backbreaker for a close two. And I'm pretty sure this match is on bloopers, bleeps, and body slams. Oh, there you go, Coliseum video yep. in the background. The hillbilly gym one, you know, yeah. bleepers. Yeah. And we've got some hilarious, whoo, side-splitting hootie hootie 
laughing bleepers that I want you to see. You can't believe this. Another cover by Crush gets two. Crush argues that roll up by Brett gets two. Boot by the hitman is Lane wonders if Bret Hart has a counter for the Vulcan of Crush. Excuse me. Was that the renamed version of his finisher, the cranium? Oh. Did they call it? It had a name? Vulcan? I heard what, Lane he friends say, with Spock. Like I don't understand. We come from the same planet, brother. Yeah. Anyway, Crush charges in the corner, booted by Brett up top. Bulldog covered by Brett gets two. Headbutt by the Hitman into an O'Connor roll for two. Is Gorilla and Stan Lane are just hyping up Brett versus Owen? Irish whip by Brett, fist to the gut, and then we get a Russian leg sweep, which Gorilla's call is oh neckbreaker and a beauty. <laughs> he can't help himself. Even in '94, man. Brett with a cover for two to the second rope on the inside. Diving over connects, but Brett is in trouble too. See, because he crashed in the Crush's head. Mm-hmm. Both guys struggle up, but Brett with some rights in the corner. Ten up top. Crush hits an inverted atomic. And then Fuji shouts some instructions. He's the boss, <laughs> obviously. Cornette's not even out here. For, he's not had nothing to do with Crush. No, Fuji and Crush, that's an exclusive yeah. joint over there. Crush doesn't want Cornette out no, there. No, it's like Master Fuji Master tell me Fuji. what to do. Trust him. Yeah. Anyway, side back broker. Don't trust fucking Cornette. That's for damn sure. Well, would you? <laughs> he heads all the way up top. Crush does. Yeah, this is going to work. That Fuji's direction. Did you notice that? Yeah, you'll go up there. Go now. <laughs> Flying knee misses, though, and Brett's back up, gets the sharpshooter, but Mr. Fuji's on the apron, so Brett goes over to confront him. Hey. <laughs> standing there he shouldn't be up there though he shouldn't be but he's also like not technically doing anything he didn't do anything yeah he's like he's just literally standing there that's why he's devious yeah Glenn. see it worked he distracted yeah. him he distracted him uh, without barely doing anything he's showing him that trick where you take your thumb apart yeah <laughs> <laughs> i am here look it went away and then my crush charges punches brett ducks and fuji goes down Ugh, crush sucks Big rights by Brett. Small package, but Earl is over tending to Fuji because he sucks. Maybe he's selling him a shirt. Anyway, oh, no. wait. Here's Owen Hart. What? He flips Crush over onto Brett. Earl turns around. One, two, three. Are we serious? Crush just pinned Brett Hart. I don't like that. <laughs> it's too close to WrestleMania for that poor shit. Well, Owen did interfere, but you know what? He gives Crush a fighting chance against Randy Savage, I guess. I don't know. I suppose. This was better than it had any legal requirement. See, <laughs> let me put it that way. As Fu- Fuji happily <laughs> leaves with Crush. As his crappy evil yeah. music. But, ha-ha. <laughs> Big surprise. And Crush, uh, between the demolition heel theme and this heel theme, he did not have a good Mr. track Fuji record. Fuji is so on top of the world right now. Can I just say? You know, I've really overlooked his 93 and 94. It's excellent. He's, <laughs> he's great. The bald era, but it's still very good. You're he's right. He's still a very active Mr. Fuji. You're right. I yeah. can't. Ar- cannot argue that. Bret Hart, by the way, all pissed in the middle of the when ring. When does Crush get a title shot? He beat Bret Hart. <laughs> He's a number one contender. Is that how uh, it works? Title him? I don't think so. Back to the studio now. As Polo says that Brett, you know, he's able, always able to bounce back, but this time Owen's going to keep him down for good at WrestleMania. Vic, as Vic now throws to, I've seen this in full, a fantastic Randy Savage interview. Savage here, all serious in black, black bandana. He's all on edge, black leather, and fucking pissed. I love it's it. Good. This is the best thing he did in '94. Like the best thing he did after '92. Very, very good. It is. So he's all intense, right? And he bitches about how Crush fucked up his chance to be world champion. Fuck Crush, <laughs> or whatever he says. And Savage is like, I'm going to beat him decisively, and I'm going to humiliate him. Good. Good. This whole thing is this good. This is all the things I ever wanted to see happen to Crush. <laughs> Randy Savage is completely kick his ass. Right. If you've never seen this interview, folks, look it up. The yeah. Savage interview with Vince in, in the locker room where Savage is in all black. It's awesome. It seemed the- like a new thing they were going to do with Randy Savage. Well, he's in an actual program, finally, and it's great it's since just October. Go, it, it just goes to show you, man. Like, you, what yeah, a fucking waste. I, like, I bet you the match, we'll find out this weekend, but I bet you the match is really awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, it's probably great. <laughs> After all this build, it's got to be good, right? Right. Anyway, Savage ends this by slamming down a chair and saying the interview is over. Basically just like, fuck this. Good. I love it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, this is over. Polo, back to the studio, says, you know, false count anywhere, Vic. They could end up on 34th Street on a hot dog truck. Mm-hmm. And seriously, any of that would, would have been better than what we got. They should have brawled on like the street and <laughs> shit. It would have been awesome. I know. What were they thinking? They could find like a loading dock for MSG somewhere where they right. could look, at least looks like they're outside, <laughs> right. right? Just yes. something like that. Something. Anyway, Vince now throws us for no fucking reason to WrestleMania 8, where Ariba what, was, Ma- this, this, what the fuck was this? All it is, folks, is we just see her sing the national anthem. For like two seconds of it. Yeah. What were they even doing what, this for? I don't even, what, I, this was so baffling, like in the middle of this, there's nothing like this on the whole show. No, that was real profitable. All right, back to Vic and Polo again to plug up all night on the USA Network every Friday at 11 o'clock with Rhonda Shear. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We now hear Rhonda on the phone all, you know, Rhonda-y. The bizarre graphic of her, like, leaning yeah. sideways. I, I, I was like, what the? This Friday night, uh, there's a very special edition of Up All Night, isn't there? It's a fabulous edition of Up All Night. If you've never seen Up All Night, you didn't miss anything. It's her. It's a wraparounds of bad movies. It's basically like primetime with just a pretty <laughs> lady, but it movies instead of wrestling yeah, matches. Exactly. That's all it is. Why was that format popular? That concept of like, let's play a movie, but have these weird like interludes with like somebody who nobody has ever heard of, like Elvira and shit well, like that. And dinner and a movie and all yeah. that stuff. I'll tell you why. My theory anyway. I don't work in advertising or television, but because anyone can just play a movie on television. Right. So if you put your own spin on it, then at least you have giving people a reason to watch it. These stupid skits. Like, there was tons of these shows. Remember when the Weather Channel started playing movies that one time and everyone's like, what the fuck <laughs> what are, are you guys doing? In between a movie? <laughs> Remember that? Ugh, stupid. Anyway, Polo tries to do the up thing, all high-pitched, but he can't. Rhonda says that she met Doink and Dink and she liked him, but they wear uh, more makeup than she does. What? Ugh. She also met Yoko, but he only grunted at her and <laughs> Polo. Well, he doesn't speak English, Rhonda. Yeah. Uh, Fuji talked to Rhonda, though, but he wasn't nice. Isn't he always nice? I think she's just, that's on her own head. He's always like, ha ha, very yeah. good. Nice to uh, meet nice you. Nice to meet you, Rhonda. I took engine out of your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put salt in your gas tank or I put sugar the, or whatever. Yeah, I put sugar it is. In is it your sugar? Gas tank. sugar? Sugar or salt, yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, Polo tries to stir up shit between Rhonda and Jenny Garth, the two guest timekeepers. Fuck. <laughs> Rhonda, by the way, mentions that she's going to be wearing a pink rubber dress. Johnny Polo makes a condom reference because why not? <laughs> I will say this about Rhonda Shear. She's, she's more memorable at WrestleMania than Jenny Garth because I swear Jenny Garth just is like, hi, and then just like you she never see it. her ever again. Yeah, she hates it. Like she's there for like three seconds. She's worse than Pamela Anderson on screen. Yeah. Like she looks pissed. Anyway, Vince now talks about how Shawn Michaels briefly hung out with Rhonda Shear, but apparently he was an asshole. And that's probably all true. Uh, we they acted like they were dating or something. Yeah, yeah. We see the pics of it from the uh, WWF magazine. This is so cheesy. It is. I remember like, that he's issue. He's a heel, so he was a bad boyfriend or something. Like that's literally like the generic shit they just do right there. Well, they say the best characters are based on real life, Quinn. <laughs> anyway, she says, "Watch the way I keep time, honey." Some joke here in my mind about a broken clock being right twice a day. I don't know, though, but you know. Anyway, we now go to Todd Petergood uh, for our <laughs> WrestleMania 10 report. And there's this majestic music. It's way too majestic. It it's, plays forever. It's like a 30 second it's got intro. Like extra laser noises. Yeah. It st- sounds like Star Fox for SNES. <laughs> you know, the like opening to it. Oh, yeah. And the ship is like spinning. It's like an animated Star Fox guy there. Yeah. All intense.
Scott is annoyingly singing Help Me Rhonda like Fat Albert as we start. They immediately tune out to this. Well, help me, Rhonda. Help, help me. Peter Good then corrects Johnny Polo on the pronunciation of his name before plugging WrestleMania this Sunday, March 20th, live at 4 p.m. It's at Madison Square Garden, in case you didn't know. I that this was a March 20th. That's so early for was, WrestleMania. Yeah, it was the earliest one at that point. And mm-hmm. it's a matinee, 4 o'clock. Weird. Afternoon, man. That's good stuff. You know me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll run down these celebrities that are going to be there, such as Burt Reynolds of Evening Shade, that great show. <laughs> Little Richard, lately of Taco Bell commercials. <laughs> Very relevant. Yes. Yeah. Jen and Garth of 90210. Moderately relevant. Yeah, moderately. 90210 was hitting its like conversion to like more late 90s show at this point, I feel like. We're at the midpoint, right? And they're all like not in high school anymore, I think. Oh, yeah. No, by 94, I think we're getting there. Remember when that show was like. It was on like 2000. Yeah, it was on like way like, like 30. Are, are, they, are they even like remotely in high school anymore? Like. Let alone the actors that are all like five years older to begin with. The, the show was like kind of saved by the bell, but more edgy. Very Obviously, edgy. and then like it turned into this like it's just following a bunch of people at a certain point. Like it's like not even where they they don't go to school anymore. No, they're like just, they're just it's, it's a soap just, opera. It's just a bland soap opera. Listen, at that point, you're just competing with all my children. It yeah. just don't don't even go there. You know. <laughs> yep. Anyway, Rhonda Shear will be there. Highly irrelevant. She is. By yeah, the way, I know. And Donnie Wahlberg of New Kids on the Block will be. Or excuse me, NKOTB as they right, were known you know. at that time. And Quinn Sysperling, a traveling salesman, basically. <laughs> Act like he's a celebrity. He's not. Like three commercials or something. Not that many of them. Like I remember seeing this commercial a bunch, but I don't remember it being like on. <laughs> Too much. Like, like he, he wasn't even as good as the fucking guy with the toaster or whatever. What guy with the toaster? You know, that fucking uh, Ronco man. Oh, Ron Popeil. Yeah. Set it and forget it. Yeah. The toaster. Whatever that thing was. And the roaster. Roaster. The Showtime oven. rotisserie. Yeah. You just. Anyway, we got 10 matches at WrestleMania 10, but here's the ones that actually matter, Todd says. Well, he doesn't say that, but he might as well have. <laughs> Luger Yoko, right. Brett Owen, then Brett will meet the winner in the world title match. But for each world title match, Quinn, there's going to be special unannounced guest referees. Ooh. But that's not all. Macho Man will take on Crush in a false count anywhere match. Okay. Razor Ramon will take on Shawn Michaels in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Yep. The, the fake champ versus the real champ in this newfangled ladder match. Yeah, that's right. The fake champ, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. What? Anyway, the tag He's got the real belt, Joe. I hate when people do this. You know that. Not the real lineage, though. Yeah. The tag titles and the women's titles are going to be on the line, but, you know, we don't care about telling you who right now. Right. Plus four other matches, Todd says. You know, priorities and everything. Anyway, it's Sunday. Can you watch it, please? Yeah. Todd now throws us to ringside where Gorilla thanks. Oh, thanks, Toddster. Did he just invent that? Is that now what he is? Is that where that came from? That line. That's the era where girl was just throwing weird nicknames. He says like, anything. The doinkster. Yeah. Shit like that, you know. The ladder man. <laughs> that era. <laughs> anyway, Tatanka's music hits and he walks out all grumpy, which is weird. His hair is poor man. <laughs> he extra didn't matter by this point. Is he even scheduled for WrestleMania? Was yeah, he, he at it? I don't even remember seeing him. He's in the 10-man tag that winds up not happening. They keep mentioning it, yeah. and I'm like, this definitely didn't happen no, at WrestleMania, right? Like, I, I more remember Earthquake being in that weird match. With Adam Bomb. Yeah. Yes. And being like, wow, this is on here. We go to break, and we come back where WWF champion Yakazuma enters. This is non-title. Gorilla. Non-fucking-title! <laughs> it's real. Good. Earl Sweatshirt's going to be our referee here. <laughs> the rapper and producer Earl Sweatshirt put out his first major label album called Doris this summer. As Yoko takes like a decade to get into the ring, so... Fuji causes a scene with Tatanka 
which allows Yoko to attack him from behind. Big surprise. That's very Got good. And then Fuji bows to Cornet, and then they shake hands. I love it. It's very good. <laughs> it's so good. Yoko with a clothesline is sent Tatanka down. Tatanka off the ropes. Tomahawk chop, and then another one. He goes for a third. Back elbow by Yoko. Big fat elbow misses. Tatanka back up, but a drop kick misses. Yoko with a vertical splash, and... It misses. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> Why the fuck? Like, what? Why is everything missing? I don't know. Tatanka goes all the way up top. High cross body connects. Cover gets two. Fuji then signals two to Cornette, all happy. He's like, oh, it's, toe. it's okay. At least he's being precise. Yeah. Arm ringer by Tatanka, and Stan Lane points out that Yokozuna's only weakness is stamina. Fair point. Fair point. Girl gets now on Tatanka's case for slowing down the pace of the match. He's like, I'm surprised he's slowing the match down, Stan Lane. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, why is he doing that? Anyway, Irish whip by Yoko. Duck under by Tatanka. Knee to the gut by the champ. Tatanka's down. Gorilla says, if you want to see Luger take on Yokozuna, you can only do that on a pay-per-view Always basis. Always pay-per-view basis. With this, I don't get the basis. He loves saying it, Quinn. Fucking basis. That's the basis at which you will see it. Right. A big chop by the champ when we go to break. Hopefully, we cut out a nerve hold in the break here. That would be nice. It would be nice. Tatanka's still down, so Yoko drags him up by the hair, throws Tatanka into the turnbuckle, but he blocks it and sends Yoko in. The big guy goes down. Tatanka's on the mat, so Earl starts the count. Cornet now bangs the mat, which leads a USA chant. Which is correct this time, actually, because yes. Tatanka. Tatanka. A real American. Absolutely a real American. Fuji, very intense, by the way, as Gorilla says, Yoko may need the oxygen truck. There's a truck? <laughs> it's in the back. He's big. He needs more oxygen than normal. Harvey Whippleman drive it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I got the truck. <laughs> I'll drive it, Vince, yeah. to the yeah. WrestleMania. Anyway, big dramatic cover by Tatanka gets two. Both guys are back up. Big chop by Tatanka. He starts the dance. Off the rope. Tomahawk. Another one. A third one. Yoko's still up, though, so Tatanka heads all the way upstairs. Big chop, and Yoko finally goes down. Cover. One, two, Tatanka goes for his finisher like an absolute fucking moron. What was he thinking here? I don't know. It's a fallaway he slam. Can't pick him up. Like, what is he doing? Yoko doesn't budge. Tatanka off the ropes, belly to belly by Yoko. The champ drags the chump to the corner here, heads to the second rope. We hit the bonsai drop. Goodbye. One, two, three. Good. Yeah, this was okay, actually. This wasn't mm-hmm. that bad of a match. Tatanka with this stupid move, though. <laughs> I know. What was oh, he thinking? Was dumb. The uh, entourage gets out of there, but not before Fuji taunts Tatanka on the mat for fun. Oh, hilariously. Ha you stink. You're lost by uh-huh. Yokozuma. <laughs> Yoko's always kicking Tatanka's ass, isn't he? Tatanka stinks. Back to Vic and Polo now, who talk about the two title matches coming up at Pol- WrestleMania. Polo gets all happy about his close-up <laughs> shot, by the way. He keeps mentioning, oh, the close-up. That's oh, like the oh. second time on this show he's mentioned it. Johnny Polo, or Scott Levy, I should say, is like... His mind is too quick for a lot of this, so like he just makes fun of a lot of what he's doing. Wasn't he like a legitimate genius yeah. or something in school? He's a member of Mensa, I think. Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, and some people might say that that's bad. It's funny, but like he yeah. he doesn't he doesn't add to anything. Right. That's the one thing I got to say. People love him as a commentator, but he doesn't put anything over. He makes fun of everything. Right. Which is fun. Yeah. You know what I like? I like that. But it's more like you and us doing 83 cannon. Yeah, it's just weird, but you're right. It, he, he's way too smart for this. He he does think like 73 steps ahead, yeah. like more than I've ever seen anybody. He It's almost like he, he can anticipate everything that's going to be said, so he just... He makes fun he of makes everything. fun of it before they even get to say it. He's meta, yeah. like when he's on commentary and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't they just pin The Undertaker before he sits up? It usually takes him four seconds, like yeah. stuff like that. Should he be doing that? Probably not, but no. it's very entertaining. Speaking of which, like Johnny Polo name drops Devastation Incorporated, which has no context. 
They're a fucking stable from world class? Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> but he just says it because he can. Like Devastation Incorporated. Vince asked Johnny Polo who the two guest referees are going to be, and Polo's like, why don't you tell us? <laughs> See, like that type of shit. It's, you got to be careful there. Yep. Vince is like, well, I don't know, but... Todd probably does. And then Polo says, oh, that Peter Build guy. Yeah, I, don't, I was like, what the fuck? That name was so far off. I was like, who the fuck is he talking about for like a second? I had to like think about it. Great. He's like, he probably has a source in Jack Tunney's office. <laughs> I love how Polo just refuses to acknowledge Todd's name the whole show. It's He's great. not said it right once. I know. Polo says that Todd's going to find out who that source is at FanFest. Neat. Also, WWF Mania is going to be at FanFest this Saturday. Call the hotline, by the way. Now we get a good Broadway-themed promo for WrestleMania 10. How very classy of them. <laughs> on March 20th, the most spectacular show on Broadway will be performed live in your living room. Back to Vic, who yells, WrestleMania 10, back on Broadway. WrestleMania 10, back on Broadway, Johnny. Polo then references <laughs> Rodgers and Hammerstein, Penn and Teller, Abbott and Costello, Johnny and Vic. Stupid. <laughs> so stupid. And Vince even says, huh, Johnny and Vic? But Vince is now part of the joke. <laughs> I like that he just gave in. Johnny and Vic. Uh, no, 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 no. Johnny and Vic back on Broadway. Remember Mania? Watch yeah. that. Okay. There's Fan Fest also. Go now. to that. There's also All Americans going to be live, so watch that. Just watch all of it, okay? Please. Did they mention Dunk Doink <laughs> booth and all that? The figures thing and all those things. No, they commentate with Gorilla. Ah, what a great match. I don't know what I'm doing. What's your hey, name? I'm with Tim. You're uh, a nice guy. Yeah, we're going to commentate now. You ever bet on horses? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Vince tells us when Raw will finally be live again wow, the day after nice. WrestleMania. That's, fucking, that's a good idea, <laughs> you know, after a big show. Yeah, because they didn't after WrestleMania 9, remember? There were so like pay-per-views where they would pre-tape it. It's bizarre. I know. Anyway, Vince goes now into his full cell serious mode here, comparing WrestleMania to the Slammies, the Grammys, the Emmys, and the People's Choice Awards. It's literally nothing like any of that, but I okay. also like how he very subtly threw the Slammies in as <laughs> yeah. if they're equivalent to the yeah. Grammys or Emmys or right. Oscars or whatever. It's nothing like an award show. What is he talking about? Yeah, I think he means it's as big as it. But he didn't say it right. It's as big as the yeah. Slammies. Yeah. But what it is, is Sunday on pay-per-view. And now promotional consideration is paid for by NBA fucking jam, Quinn. It was the glory days of NBA jam. I love that game. G.I. Joe Battle Corps. Because 1994. How many times, <laughs> Joe, have we seen that ad? <laughs> <laughs> like too many to mention yeah. at this point, man. And T2, the arcade game in Terminator 2 Judgment Day for Super Nintendo and Genesis. The arcade game is coming home, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we now get some shots in New York City while men on a mission are rapping... We got stars galore, we got stars galore. You're gonna see a show like never before. And we get clips of various WrestleMania moments, none of which feature Hulk Hogan, because, yeah. you know, he wasn't at any of these WrestleManias. Right. But we all gonna rock WrestleMania 10! Years ago, they had a show, and everybody in the world came to know WrestleMania was born at a thousand birth, and it became just the greatest show on Earth. This is actually kind of good. It actually is. I, yeah. I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed this yeah. rap at the end. It's actually pretty okay. Yeah. Mabel is almost dressed like 99 Viscera. But, but he isn't. It's he's different. Not. It's like, it's it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Uh, but this, yeah, this is pretty, you like it, right? Yeah. This this whole rap, it's not bad. Mm -hmm. They literally rap about the whole card and the celebrities while they're in front of it's MSG. Kinda, it's kind of like the, the Bears, Chicago Bears rap sort of thing. Like the Super Bowl shuffle. The Bears. You what? know what I mean? Like what, it's kind of in that vein. Okay. 
and they're gonna wrestle, do the thing, blah 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 blah. Buddha boo. Is it better? Yeah, yeah. I got a question. Is it better than Run DMC at WrestleMania Five? Yes. Yes. That stunk. <laughs> I didn't like that. That was really bad. pile driver, big boot. Like, shut up. <laughs> I like Run DMC. I really That's do. That's not a good one. From, <laughs> I think Mabel Mo did it better here. They did for WrestleMania at least. Anyway, we get clips including like Lonnie Kai. I love yeah, it. This is excellent. This is good. We got Burt Reynolds from Evening Shake. It's smoking in the bed. He had a man. We got Ron Shea from up all night. WrestleMania Day is out of sight. Literally not a clip of Hogan at all, unless I, he never, I missed one. He had nothing to do with WrestleMania, Joe. Like, listen, I get it. He's officially not with them anymore, and he's talking to WCW by now. But it's weird that the 10th anniversary of the show that was him, basically. It was him, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's literally, we just fade out. That's that's it. That's how we end it, Quinn. It's, yeah. it's done. Fade out with a WrestleMania <laughs> order soon or something <laughs> graphic. Uh, what do I think about this? The best part was Johnny Polo, for sure. But to be fair, the Brett Crush match was actually pretty decent. Even Tatanka versus Yoko was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Luger, though, Quinn, does not look like a star here I think in 94. The crowd did that more than Luger, though. Luger no. was just doing Luger things, and then the well, crowd it, hated it. Because he's just not. Yeah. It's not right. <laughs> I'm just saying, Luger's not doing anything wrong. He's just. Not doing anything right he's either. He's not doing anything special or anything. Not at all. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was a fun show. What did you think? Fun show, a little more subdued than in years past. And folks, again, we picked this one to review, but you can give us something. Just do that on Facebook. Drop them there. And a couple of other quick reminders before we get out of here. Please follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email, OVPPodcast at gmail.com. If you want a free month of our Patreon for November, for November only, send us a message on Twitter or just email us if you don't have Twitter, ovppodcast at gmail.com, and we will give you a free month of our Patreon, okay? Until that time, be sure to talk to us wherever you would talk to us, and most of all, have a really good week. Have a good start to your month. Until next week, I am Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn. We are out of here. See ya. I had an opportunity to go out there and three-peat as a World Wrestling Federation champion. I worked hard to get that done. Do you understand where I'm coming from? But somebody shattered my dream. Somebody close to me, yeah. And that is Crush. I'm going to beat Crush very decisively. And I'm also going to embarrass and I'm going to humiliate him. I guarantee that I will leave Madison Square Garden, WrestleMania 10, with my dignity. Interview... Interviews over!